0: Cool. (laughs) Well, that's great.
1: Yeah, you'd fit in a tank. Yeah, just
0: you'd be great for Arctic warfare. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's fifty two percent humidity, so sweaty weather.
0: But (laughs) I've never heard your American accent. You gotta give. You have heard my American. He's he's giving us
2: a southern
3: accent. No, we haven't. Give me me a standard American accent. Excuse me, sir. Can I have a glass of water, please?
4: (laughs) Oh my god. If you can talk oh, yeah, like that, talk why about... don't you do it all
2: the time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it lowers my intelligence. Oh.
5: Oh my
6: oh. oh, god, I love this is my first episode. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Howdy, partners, and welcome to episode 48 of the Plastic Posse podcast. We're excited to get together once again to discuss the greatest hobby out there with you all. I'm Doug, and I'm joined by, uh, let's see, we've got Bustmaster and pipe fitter extraordinaire, T.J. Holler of the Commonwealth of Virginia. How you doing, T.J.?
3: Hanging in there. A little tired, but all right, I suppose.
4: Also, from across the pond, counting down, down the days to his departure, his lordship, the Earl of Enamels, Ivan Jensen Taylor. How are you this fine morning? This morning, we you? Oh, Earl of now, thats
2: the greatest title I could ever have. Um, <laughs> I love that. No, I'm doing—I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well.
4: Awesome, Scott Gentry, master editor, a newly minted grandfather is here from just up the road, away from me, here in Utah. How are things, Scott?
1: Well, they're pretty good, but I want a title as cool as TJ's. I mean, Busmaster. That's awesome
4: yeah it's it's pretty sweet, anyway, <laughs> next, from the far reaches of Colorado, the Switzerland of America, we have John Bonani. How is John tonight?
0: I'm outstanding. I'm happy to be here,
4: sweet and finally joining us from Southern California, our newest, bestest buddy, and big toe, Grant Mayberry. If you haven't heard, Grant is officially a host and creator for the Triple P. Welcome and tell us how you're doing, Grant.
6: I'm doing good. Great to be here. Thanks for uh, bringing me on, guys. It's, uh, this is, this is great. So what's on your bench, Grant? Uh, currently, uh, just finishing up a bust of, uh, Thanos from Marvel. Uh, basically, uh, a 112 scale, I believe from, uh, Fotis, uh, Mint. Uh, great, great, great company. Um, can't recommend them enough. They do some great stuff, but that's on my bench right now.
4: Sweet. How about you, uh, John? I
0: almost didn't recognize myself there. I don't get called John very often. Uh, you know, for me, I got a bunch of projects, little projects, all leading up to the Nationals. Until then, it's full steam ahead. We are just under, oh my gosh, I feel like we're around 30 days right now. I saw Ivan's ticker went past a month or under a month, I guess. So, no, just a bunch of little things. I am trucking along with the uh, A4 build from the Geeks. So, yeah, it's
4: Airfix, enough said. Well, good luck with that. How about, how about you, Scott? What's on your bench?
1: I've been working on my M10 for the group build, uh, making good progress on that into the, into the weathering last night. I got a little bit of coaching from JB, AKA John. Yeah. Making good progress on that. I also started a bust, um, inspired by TJ. I mean, I'm nowhere, nowhere near him, but it's, it's a start. You got to start somewhere. And, uh, you know, that's what it was. So yeah, that's what I've been working on.
2: Cool. How about you, Ivan? Oh, first world problems. What isn't on my bench at the minute? No, um, I'm working on a Tacom M114, the A4 Skyhawk for the Model Geeks build. Uh, that's now got all of its base paint down and it's now glossed. Uh, and I'm also working on the Daswerk slash Takam King Tiger. So I finished three builds for the, the M3, M4 build. So I'd like, I'd like to think that's enough for that. And I want to bring some, a variety of other things as well. But I've got quite a lot on at the minute, but I'm, I'm cracking through it and working at a good speed awesome tj how about yourself
3: uh well i think um i have a another <laughs> i gotta live up to my name i guess I, i'm working on another bust um it's from fer miniatures it's a 112 scale cnt militia woman it's one of my favorite sculpts from that company which they all their sculpts are fantastic so i'm working on that and i really need to finish my m1 or i'm sorry m4a1 um from asuka that one's not necessarily for the group build. I, don't, I haven't decided if I was, am I going to, if I'm going to put it in there with it or not, or enter it separately. I'm not going to bring a whole lot this year just because it's a pain to travel with it and I'm going to be full with a bunch of other stuff anyway. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I, <laughs> I need to do my A4, uh, really bad. I have a month, so I think I can get it done. We'll see. I've got a long weekend in two weeks. I got a four day weekend, which is sweet. And then the week after that, my wife and kids are out of town. So. Mm-hmm. I will have some time to hopefully get some bench time. But I also got a new Xbox, so it's <laughs> also stealing my attention. Uh, you know, I got to go get owned by 12-year-olds in Halo Infinite. So, yeah, that's what I got going on.
4: Awesome. I have on my bench, I've got the Skyhawk for the Geeks group build. It's been primed. The paint is going on. Hopefully tonight I get the uh, both the light and dark gold grays on, and then I can be close to ready for decals. I'm also, uh, look, that, that grant is never happening for this, for our group build. I'm going to be throwing out, I realize it's a copy of someone else from the build, but there's going to be an easy eight on the table. I already had that started, so I'm going to wrap it up for, to bring it to, uh, to Nats. Other than that, I'm, I'm printing stuff off my little printer always. It's always running. So I'm, I'm just printing off stuff. And if I have a little extra time and I want to, want to do something, I'll throw paint on a bust. That's about it for that. Anyhow. Speaking of group builds and stuff like that, coming up, we have a big event, and uh, Ivan wants to talk a little bit about what's happening at Nats.
2: Yes, so um, we discussed this a little bit in the last episode, but it's just going to be a, a, a little gentle reminder for everyone. Uh, myself, TJ, and JB are all going to be on the ammo uh, table at Nats, demonstrating the awesome products. We're going to have some display pieces there, products for you to authorize, so you can come over and demonstrate. Try some of the products self like paints, oils, uh, some of the pigments, enamels, weathering products and such like that. So we're going to have some display pieces so you can have a play whilst we also do our own demonstrations, which is absolutely terrifying. We're also going to be giving some seminars. But as well as stuff like that, we've also got the Triple P table where we are all going to be with awesome Triple P merchandise. So please remember to come and visit us. We we absolutely love the support of every single listener we have. So yeah, that's it. Just a, a little gentle reminder to marching over to come and say hi to us. It's going to be incredible.
1: And uh, Ivan, uh, to build on what you said, we're going to be next to Steve from Value Gear. That area is going to be great. We're going to have some Tamiya USA stuff on display. Um, we're going to have uh, Tankcraft stuff on display. So yeah, make sure you guys stop by and and say hi. And I can't. I, I just. I can't wait to see everybody's Shermans. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, I just want I just want to add to that real quick. We also have our mixer, so if you're there Wednesday evening, be sure to check us out in the main atrium of the Embassy Suites. We'll probably be there every night, but uh we'll make it a little bit pseudo official on Wednesday because that's when the show just be ramping up. And then we might even see some folks on Tuesday night. So super happy to super happy to just to get there and see everybody. And I was thinking Scott, maybe we post updates uh you know throughout the show either on the group or uh You know, in in some of the group build pages of, you know, what's going on and where they might be able to stop by and find us.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. We, you know, we did some live streaming from Vegas. I think that worked out really, really well. I think we'll do some more of that. And so those of you out there that can't come to nationals, hopefully you'll feel like uh, you're a part of it uh, through some of our live streams. And then uh, undoubtedly we'll run into, you know, some of our other friends with the geeks and, and uh, Mojo and all the other podcasts and we'll bring as much content to you as we can it's going to be going to be great i don't
0: i don't know if you remember this but our first call last year in vegas was to a gentleman who's going to be here with us this year, and that's his lordship. I don't know if you remember that, but I remember you were in like a stock closet, and we're in the vendor room, and you're, you know, putting beans away, and we're grabbing Tamiya. So it was quite an experience, but, you know, to say that we're excited you're coming over is an understatement.
2: Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, when I should have been working, I was on a video chat with these guys, like, really crying into the beans, because I couldn't be there. But I'm going to be there this year. I'll I'll swim if I have to with the with the state of British airports, but one way or another, I will get there, and it's gonna be incredible.
1: Gimbal in hand,
2: right? Gimbal, yes. A nice gentle reminder, Danny, to pack the gimbal. I want a live
0: stream from when you wake up and start your journey. Every major step.
2: I thought about this. I wanted to vlog every step, but I didn't want to be one of those vloggers who gets to the airport, gets to the plane, my flight's cancelled, then I'm crying on a vlog asking people <laughs> to like go fund me. And I didn't want to be that sort of vlogger.
1: He'd be sitting at the bar, JB drinking something tall and pink, crying in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with pink gin and lemonade. It's a very manly drink if you drink it with your pinky out. Well, yeah that'll
0: that'll be in stock here in colorado i'll have it i'll have it in your room it'll be on the nightstand so you can have your little nightcap and go to bed and you know i can tuck you in if you want we'll
3: <laughs> it'll, it'll be in the mini fridge
0: yeah, yeah exactly
3: okay tank makers let's talk tracks 3d printing is all the rage now and there's a new line of resin printed workable tracks coming out every other day well maybe not that many but there are quite a few but if you're looking for the real deal, look at Tankcraft's new line of 3D printed Pro Tracks. They're making the models from scratch based on real tank tracks and or original factory drawings. It's not just reworks of previously produced plastic model parts. Yes, someone is physically photographing and measuring real tracks so the designers can create models one-to-one. They are then scaled down to one 135th and test fitted to all the major brands.
0: Yeah, TG, I can personally vouch for these tracks. They're high quality, super detailed, all the way down to the pin. I've assembled three sets, Tiger 1, T-34. They're all gorgeous. Sent a set over to our buddy Ian Boner over at uh, iBones Models for his Tiger 1, and they look great once they're painted up. And, you know, for for those that are interested, go on over to tankcraft.com. That's T-A-N-K-R-A-F-T dot com and get yourself a set of pro tracks. For us Posse fans, you know, you can use the code Posse 15. That's P-O-S-S-E 1-5 to get a 15% discount. So be sure to stop by our booth at Nats. We'll have them there as well. You can check them out, feel them, play with them, and maybe we'll even throw some paint on them. So... <laughs>
6: All right, let's give a shout out to our awesome patron supporters. And I am going to butcher some names. And if I do, I am really, really sorry. First goes to, starting with our top tier deputy marshals, Chris Tobin Hughes, Darren McGinnis, Model Doc, Doug Reed, Greg James, Dan Koffel, Les Weckel, Be Colt 911 John Everett, Josh Buck, Luke Caswell, Tom Bank, Mark Bradley, Zach Peace, Joe Munson. Eric Brubaker, David Brian Bridges, Ethan Idemil, Jared Connell, J.C. Osborne, Mike Talley, Steve Baker, Bruce the Model Noob, Jeremy Moore, and Jonathan Bryan, and Rick Cooper. Next, we have our posse foreman. Previous seat, uh Enrique Perlman, Ian Boner, Lee Fogle, uh, Mr. Grizz, Rob Burnside, Martin Drayton, A. Martin, The Voice of Bob, Steve Schaefer, Steve uh, Munsell, Mar- Matthew Jackson, John Vickis, sorry, James Stokes, Craig Jarby, Mike Byrd, Jeremy Elliott, mediocre middle-aged modeler, who is not a middle-aged modeler, uh, Rick Danglish, Rick Lewis, and Eric C- Salomar. <laughs> Lastly, but not least, we have our posse outriders, Lynn, Neil, Jackson, Chris, Robert, Brian, Matthew, David, Jamie, and Pat. Well done, deputies, and we really appreciate your support.
3: That is your hazing, Grant. So welcome to the posse now.
5: Wow,
6: <laughs> that is a fun list. I really screw up.
1: There's a there is a lot of people out there in the posse that are supporting us, and we really appreciate it. Sorry about that, Grant, but there'll be more fun to come.
6: Oh, that's that was fun, and I'm glad to. I'm glad for all their support. They do great jobs. That's I really do appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Also, remember, there are several excellent scale modeling podcasts out there besides the Triple P. If you would like to see a list of some of these other podcasts, plus some other social media creators, head on over to modelpodcasts.com. That's modelpodcasts, plural, com, and you'll find links to many of them. Wanted to go over a, a couple of uh, sad pieces of news. Unfortunately, guys. Uh, first thing is, uh, we at the posse are really saddened to learn of the passing of Eagle Editions Jerry Crandall. We all want to pass along, first of all, our condolences to Judy and and their family. But the hobby's gonna really miss Jerry and all of his contributions to the hobby. I mean, between his artwork, his decal sheets, his his reference books, uh, it, Jerry was just quite a character. If you got to meet him at a show, he was. Just really always magnanimous. Uh, Anyway, he's going to be sorely missed by the community. Another thing, uh, just kind of wanted to mention is um, good friend of the show, James Can. He had uh, suffered a loss as well in in his family, and we just wanted, as the posse, to kind of give him a shout out and say, James, we're thinking about you. Hope you and your family are doing well, and uh, things turn for you. Take care, James.
4: All right, thanks, Scott. Um, let's start with some feedback. It's been a couple uh, episodes since we've really talked this and I want to apologize to anybody I missed because there was a lot on this last one. I'm going to start out with Nick's model page. Australia just went and ordered a one tenth scale world war two bust. He's kind of cursed us for it, but, uh, he liked the episode anyway. Uh, Joel Munson highly recommends the Hera academic Busts. It's pretty affordable and awesome. Just pick up a few of them and stick them side by side to see your progress. Uh, Zach Pease and Mark Dice both want to know when the Mayberry group build officially begins. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, now let's, let's talk some copying. Let's talk about our, uh, our uh, discussion from last episode regarding copying. Uh, David Waples says, thinking about it last night, it occurred to me that the seminar I'm planning on delivering at Nats is showing techniques from two modelers that share their techniques on sh- social media. I'm being very open about that in the presentation. And my hope is that the participants like what they see and try it or copy it themselves, but then make it their own. Our friend Martin Drayton said it was a really thought-provoking discussion, and I guess I can definitely see both sides. As I mostly build dioramas, I try to make each one unique, but I definitely occasionally get ideas on the vehicles and figures. I, too, credit Adam Wilder with inspiring the weathering on a recent KV-1, but mine was a wrecked version where his was intact. I definitely use other modelers' builds for ideas and inspiration, but I'd always like to put a unique spin on it. Let's face it, when people put out instructional videos, they must expect people to use some, if not all, of those techniques. Some good points there. Sean Earle said, if you copy off one person's paper, that's cheating or plagiarism, but copy off two or more and it's research.
1: That's a good point.
4: Ned Harm says, if you can copy a picture line for line, then you're pretty good, so you might as well do your own work. Stefan Nezra Breidel said I really liked the discussion, thought it was pretty well balanced, and sort of agree with both sides. I think copying ninety percent is probably fine, but you shouldn't do the details that make something unique. There's always scope to changing something. A name, some numbers, a stowage layout, just to make it your own. And finally, let's change subject. Ian Bonner says, He's a cran, I'm a potato. Please clap. <laughs> <laughs> If you all want to share anything with us, feel free to to send us feedback. Mostly, we get it off of our Facebook page and communications through uh, the Plastic Posse podcast at gmail.com. Just send us what you're thinking. We love to hear from you, and we'll try to get as many of these these notes shared as we can.
3: All right. Thanks for that feedback, Doug. Um, Now, we're going to move on to the fantastic interview that Grant and I did with uh, Lincoln Wright. Machine and Krieger, master himself. I, I was really excited about this interview. I really like Lincoln. Uh, we've had him on the show one other time, way a long time ago, in the early days of the show. I think we mentioned it in the epi- in the interview. I want to say it was episode eight. It was really early. Uh, I apologize that this interview should have been sooner. However, the first attempt that I made to interview Lincoln was interrupted by my daughter falling, cutting her leg open, and then me having to go <laughs> take her to the emergency room so she get fifteen stitches. She's fine now. So that was on uh, Mother's Day weekend on Mother's Day, actually Sunday night, about 10 minutes after we, we started going. So yeah, apologize for that. You guys would have heard from Lincoln probably well before this. However, I think it was worth the wait because this interview is really, really solid. Hey everyone! Welcome to another Plastic Posse podcast interview. And tonight, I'm joined by friend of the podcast and unofficial, I guess, six—well, official six—member of the the posse, Mr. Grant Mayberry. How you guys doing? And the guest of honor is the one, the only, Mr. Lincoln Wright.
7: I guess. Hey, congratulations, Grant. I've not heard that said before. And thank you very much, guys. It's really great to be back on the show. Love the show. It's. Good to have you
3: back. I know before um before we started recording, we were kind of chatting and because I remember you. I mean, obviously, I remember you were on the podcast, but I couldn't remember which episode it was because we have, I think, almost 50 episodes now. And uh, I went back and looked and it was episode eight in that released on November 25th, 2020. So wow, seems like a decade ago. So it is good to have you back on.
7: Was it because of my really bad intro now, attempting to be funny, that I can only be on every two years? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is correct. yes. that is correct. Correct answer. Ah oh, dude, that was good. <laughs> so uh
3: ostensibly why you're here, other than the your pleasant company, um you have a book coming out. That I know, me personally, am very excited about, and I know Grant is excited about, and frankly, the rest of the posse is too. And that book is all about Machine and Krieger, more specifically, the Mark 44.
7: Thank you. Uh, I'm happy to, I'm really happy to hear that you're excited about it. Yeah, I finally, I fulfilled one of my little boy Link life dreams in producing an English language Machine and Krieger book.
3: Yeah. I think to any listener that's not fully engrossed in mm-hmm. machine and Krieger and the, the culture, for lack of a better term, until now, there have not been any official English language publications dedicated solely to machine and Krieger. There's been lots of Japanese ones that we've, we were talking about before that I'm fortunate to own quite a collection of that I'm very proud of. All thanks to my friend Grant. They are treasured to me. And I know, I think I've mentioned before, but when my new basement is done, which should be within the week. I want to put a nice big bookshelf in for all, because I have a pretty extensive book collection outside of modeling books, but my Machine Krieger books will have a hollowed place. I guess kind of give us a little background into why are you doing this, other than it's Machine Krieger. What was, what was the the impetus for this? I, I suppose know, uh, is the, the question. Simply
7: put, I've got a gun to my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh so I I'll, I'll try to keep this short and interesting for listeners because you know you could imagine I've been in, I've been involved in this for like Grant was mentioning just before in our in our preamble uh in between tequila shots. We've known each other since like about 2006 and I was doing this nonsense back then. So um I've been involved with the property for for quite some time. Does it sound nice and pretentious when I say property? <laughs> it does if only we'd get into film i'd be able to say film that'd be extra pretentious but yes i've been involved with this stuff for 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 a while i i was also uh it's how i got an introduction to to work in publishing so uh i was involved in uh, a number of the the series of books that have been released and in fact the books that tj has been showing the uh Mak in SF three D. I believe that's the the title, right? That's, I think that's one of them. I think. It- See, then we flipped over to the working title was just archive. We we'll just called it archive because it was an archival retrieval of all the separate little ones mm-hmm. that were going into. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Mak in SF three D. That one is tied to Max. Max kind of owns that little little thing, oh, that title. Oh, and they're yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He's done about six or so, and there's bad photos of me in at least all. (laughs) Uh, There's some
6: really bad photos of you in all of
7: (laughs) these. Thanks, man. (laughs) Everyone, please look out for the bad photos of me. I swear they must have been sweating out on me for the worst timing possible. Let's wait till he's really tired and bored with them. And then we'll... <laughs> then we'll get the photo when he's got his gut hanging out and <laughs> his mouth's open. He looks, he's a total mouth breather moment. Boom. Got him. And they'd laugh. They'd point and laugh when it came out too. They go, we got you in this one too, Link. Thanks guys. I can feel the love. So, um, truth be known though, I was writing some of those articles in English first. I pretend to be an English speaker first, you know, cause I'm Australian. So I'd write it and then I'd translate it into Japanese, uh, and, and have it proofread by, by, you know, uh, First language Japanese folks, but, and the story is already totally off the rails and not interesting, isn't it? I've totally ruined it already. But yeah. so the, the short version of my short version, come on, grandpa Simpson, get it together. that <laughs> I've been working on the property and, uh, and the publications for quite some time, but it was absolutely killing little baby link on the inside that. They were only ever in Japanese. I mean, and no matter how much I tried, there was always these points in meetings where they come around, okay, any, any further questions? Anyone got any ideas? I'd, I'd be that guy, you know, that really annoying dude who puts up his hand with the voice cr- cracking, uh, c- can we do something in English for the international community, please? I'm like, yeah, yeah no. Nah. So it, just, it was just uh, too much too far. So it's really been eating at me for many years that I couldn't release something. Directly in English to the international community. I just really wanted to make that happen. And finally, uh, I've been able to make that a reality. Did that I mean, make sense? It did. <laughs> did it did. <laughs> it okay, made perfect good. sense. And,
3: and with that, you, you chose good. the Mark 44. Um, yes, which to, to the uninitiated, the Mark 44 is essentially just a big suit. It's a big, bulky armored suit that looks absolutely ridiculous, but it is. <laughs> To <laughs> me personally, it's one of my favorite designs. I say that about almost every design. They, they have a look about them. Uh, what
7: made you pick the
3: Mark 44 to start with?
7: That's a really astute question. Thank you. Because you know that it's different, don't you? I'm sure you've seen that. I you do. You can tell its design foo is different. So as I mentioned, I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking about this for quite some time. A few things all came together that made it the perfect choice for me. So one is that it's actually not machine and Krieger. The Mark 44 belongs to its own series. I mean, Technically, when the boss guy, and Sensei, when he signs off and goes, yeah, that's machine and Kriga now. Um, I don't know why I made him. I, I've been watching Tom Segura on YouTube recently. <laughs> it's been all over it. And I, I love his, uh, Steven Seagal impressions. Yeah, I could just block that. So, uh, <laughs> I've been talking like that too much. It's different. So he actually made, uh, this one outside of the SF 3D time. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a separate kind of series and a separate design. Ethos, we could say, I guess, again, with the pretentious word, right? I'm <laughs> pretending to be that happy English speaker again. To me, it stands apart and alone, and it's available. This one was really, really important to me. So it's actually the 40th year this year, from uh, April 24, it's the 40th anniversary year of sf 3 d Machine and Krieger property. Being able to bring it to people in English, I wanted something that was available. Because I remember when I stumbled into this stuff, I had this utter feeling of desperation and FOMO, like the worst FOMO fear of missing out that I've ever had in my life because it was just gone and people saying, Oh yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. I I don't know if you've ever kind of had that feeling that it's somehow unobtainium or difficult to get. Yes. Because right. And it's still, it, it bugs me that it still kind of has that attached to it. I'll have people say, I wish that was available in my country. Uh, I wish they still made that stuff. And it's like, no, dude, that the problem is that we have this image that kits made back in 1983 that have been propping up someone's uh, sofa, IKEA sofa in the back room. But that's not actually the case. They're constantly coming out with new stuff. You just have to kind of, you know, be in the know and plan ahead to, to get your hands on it. So, uh, Mark 44 is, is a readily available kit from Hasegawa. So it made a lot of sense to me to first make mention of this. Uh, in English for a kit that people could also buy and then enjoy. They wouldn't have to go hunting around for that IKEA sofa to find those crushed 1983 kits. That one was super important to me. Does that one kind of make sense too?
3: Oh, it makes total sense.
7: Yeah. Because what an awful <laughs> feeling, right? You don't want to get some book and go, okay, now how do I get this stuff? What? that cost 600 bucks on eBay. That would just kill it. So, so no, I wanted it to be something readily available. Plus it just so happened that the very first, you know, machine and Krieger kit or robot battle, uh, this one is part of robot battle, but it has been subsumed by, by machine and Krieger because the aesthetic is close enough and it just gets too complicated, especially for new folks. I do have a couple of uh, pages explaining that in the book, uh, what's Machine and Krieger proper, and then what's this robot battle thing, and how they fit together. It makes more sense than I do speaking because I wrote it <laughs> rather than trying to uh, y- yap it out. The very first kit that I made after leaving the Japan studio and setting up in Australia was the Mark Forty Four Ammonite. That guy, yeah, the ah. um, the original olive drabby green with uh with yellow uh, and red plates. So that was the first one I made outside of Japan. I totally did it the same Hobby Japan type of methodology as if whilst I was crying myself to sleep on a very large pillow, knowing that I couldn't take this in next week to share with my friends and and joke around. I, I made it that way. I think it was a bit of a sanity check to make sure that I felt I was still connected to my my little world, even though the harsh reality was that I just was not. And that what a great crybaby story that is. <laughs> That's great. Oh, poor Link. We're so sorry, sorry, But dude, after I lived in Japan for twenty five years, so it was killing me the the, the move out. I was suddenly pretending to be adulting in a place where I only lived before as a little kid. So that was, that was, that was something, uh, up until, see the, the, the one there with the gray, blue and, and, and white. That was the first model that I've made after finishing working on AK FAQ. So to me, the, the Mark 44 in this book encompasses the entirety of my, my little so-called career outside of Japan, moving to Australia, getting in, uh, the FAQ project and completing it and then making my first ever you know my book i've heard some friends say it before so yeah the, the the journey of that of me setting up anew to completing the faq to then completing enough content to to publish my own first book uh is all entailed here so that was really big for me too that was very motivating i hope that made some logical sense and i'm not a nut job mm-hmm.
3: so i'm going to we're going to circle back around Sure. It's at at some point to talk about the FAQ book, because I do want to talk about that. But keep going with uh, the Mark 44 book. So you're you're in it, obviously. It's got your name on the cover. Who else is in
7: it? Yes. Yes. I really wanted to bring out a gag. Yes. I'm on the cover, (laughs) the inside, and every other page. But uh, that's the best thing about making your own books is you get to be me, me, me. (laughs) Uh, the the quick story is the fun story was uh, I I've kept really great relations with my 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 mentors and it's because I know they're way smarter than me and they'll send out kill teams if I don't <laughs> so I pitched your son on the concept and you know he smiled nodded patted me on the head through Zoom which I don't know how he did that still um, <laughs> I'm still figuring out. There's Willy Wonka magic or something there. But, uh, he said, that's great. Now here's what you're going to do. So I, I really want to point out that I am not so self-engrossed as to put my own name in the title. That's Yokoyama-san's idea. I think it's aligned with pointing and laughing at me for dozing off in the studio. I think it's the same humor set. <laughs> we'll call it Lincoln because, uh, that's how Japanese folks say, uh, President Lincoln. They, they pronounce the name, uh, Lincoln. It's just, it must have been a precedent how they did it back in the day. So um, he suggested the title, uh, the MAK Lincoln Report uh, is how he says it, the MAK Lincoln Report. So I did not choose that. Uh, I've, I, and to be honest, I've been a little bit self-conscious and embarrassed about it. But Yokama-san says, Lincoln Monkey does. So that, that was the title. And he said, you've got to do it this way because I want you to explain this property through your point of view and your journey with it. Okay, okay. But it actually made a lot of sense because, you know, he didn't want me questioning him on every single thing going forward. He goes, look, I've told you all of the good stuff. We've spent so much time with you annoying me with your questions. He didn't actually say that. Actually, he's written a really nice prologue for me. Um He sees me as the, I would have been about the right age to have been Eddie. You know, the little Eddie Amsel with the stick? In the some of the boxes, yep. he says, Uh, yeah, you can't. You, I, I didn't know I was going to be writing this about this, this strange country that I'd never been to. Then you show up from that strange country with your little stick, so I felt I was explaining it to little Eddie. So he goes, You know, I've taught you all of these things, you've apprenticed with me, write it from your point of view. Then it is never incorrect, everything is correct based on that. I thought, Okay, that's. Clever. It, it was. It was a bit daunting at the same time, yet also, you know, kind of uh, empowering. So that was one thing. That's the title. With the content to get to the actual question. Sorry, DJ. Your san suggested. He said, "Look, make sure you put some of your old junk in too, because." You're reasonably skilled now from a certain point of view. He totally Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> um, from a certain point of view, you have some skills. So I don't want people to think you just started out like that because you've got to show your old rubbish and your <laughs> your journey of improvement through making multiples of these, which it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So he said, look, you gotta go 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 get in touch with Max Watanabe san and uh get some of your you know, get some some uh, captures of your older models there and share them to show the progression. I do that. Uh I explain to Max the the, the project and Max Watanabe san, so he's the author of that uh, archive series that you have, TJ, the ones that Grant uh, passed along. He's actually really big in Japan. I'm hoping to to help some of that with uh, passing on to those of us in the international community who Max is and, and how, he, how he matters. Like, for example, we were talking OD before, right? Olive Drab. He's the guy who made Zaku from G- Gundam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started painting the kits, the toys, Olive Drab. He was not, uh, Zaku had not been Olive Drab before that. Max has been legendary for so long truth be known I think Max was really interested in me because I had no clue who the guy was right when he first he came to a contest in 2009 I'm like hey, who's this guy with the loud shirt I pitched him I said look dude I I need some I don't actually say dude to him but look dude I I, I need some photos of my old crap you know can 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 you open up the vault and uh, he said better than that I'm gonna send you a bunch of my mark 44 shots. And I was just absolutely dumbfounded by that. So uh Max got and here's the power of Max. He got one of the hobby Japan photographers who doesn't even work at his company. He said, uh it's um Tansan and uh Fumatoshi Tansan. And uh, he and we're actually pretty friendly too. He grabs Tansan and says, Yeah, go to my warehouse, get photos of all my Mark 44s, and send them to Link. I'm um, I'm just absolutely dumbfounded by this because <laughs> that's technically, I don't have that reach. I can't make that happen. You know, that's that's money. But Max can just, he waves one hand and uh, the universe responds. So there's uh, 10 different versions from Max. And then, so this is the part where I come into value. It's like, so Max, can we set up an interview, please? I really want to hear your themes, your inspiration and what you learnt during making each of these, because just looking at the photos, I could see there was a progression. Uh, I think I got, I got about nine out of 10 on the, the order in which he'd made them because you could tell that he constantly became emboldened with each one. So, uh, he walked us through that. I recorded it and uh, I dutifully then, uh, translated this and have set it out onto each page to show a theme inspiration and major key learning points from Max. This has never, I don't think it's been done extensively in Japanese either. They kind of, they brush over a lot of stuff in Japanese publications because they require a very fast moving speed. So it's not been done in Japanese to this extent either, but especially it's never been in English before. Like ever. So that one, I, my stuff's okay. I hope the stories and the explanations and what have you and the law, all of that that I've got in there for the first, you know, the hundred pages, 98 pages are uh, interesting to people, but there's those 30 pages of max are just absolute pure gold, especially for people who've been interested in Japanese sci-fi from the eighties. It's just never been seen before. So I am so happy, proud to, to have been able to, to bring that to fruition. It's like, you know, that's life goal done. What am I, go- what am I going to do now? I, I hope I didn't over-talk that. I hope that's interesting. I mean, maybe it's a stupid thing to, to set as a life goal, but yeah. that it was really important to me because these guys are – you know, they they saw that I did things a bit weirdly or differently. Max was actually the one. Uh, Yokama san to a point, but Yokama San's really about his version of things, teaching me. So that was cool. Max was more interested in in me and what I did weirdly. That's actually why his company got into doing the Warhammer stuff and so on, because I would bring that along uh, and say, well, I also do these. And I'd show them, bring along my little space marines and do the pew-pew noises and stuff. <laughs> so he beats him, and the orc talks like this, and I'd... <laughs> It was like space me playing with my dolls, you know, that kind of moment. <laughs> so, so that was really good. And to be able to bring both of them together. So I've, we've got pages where I profile their backgrounds as well, because that's probably just not seen before too, right? Who they are, where they came from, their education, backgrounds and stuff. That one was really important for me to, to bring forth to the international community so they can see a bit more where these guys come from.
3: You've shared a, a number of photos or I guess screen grabs almost. From the book, I know on your personal website, in the panel plastic group, and on your Facebook page, th- no, the literally design
7: everywhere, literally yes. everywhere.
3: So I don't go broke. The the design aesthetic. Uh, now I sound like one of my one of my daughters because that's what they always talk about, aesthetic.
7: Oh, um, dude, the aesthetics now. Which which shader pack did you use with this dad? <laughs> no, I painted it. I painted. It. I've been killing myself for twenty years doing this stuff. I don't have a shader pack. <laughs>
3: the The design of the book, I'm just—it's
6: fantastic.
7: Sorry, M- morning tabs. <laughs> Sorry, I went quiet. I mean, you're saying the nicest thing to me ever, and the kid's coming up, punching me on the arm. She just woke up. So, <laughs> posse listeners, the kid just woke up. <laughs> so, tabs, the posse folks all say, "Hey, tabs." <laughs> The design uh yes of, and you're talking layout and, yes. and these things. So the one the only Alex Alex Duchamp. You guys have probably seen his stuff as machinenheimat.com. Mm-hmm. And he's got some, some really great paint tutorials and various things. Alex is Alex is a genius, he's a creative genius. So we've also been buddies for the longest time, and we had a talk about this, and he's been kicking me for years, going Link. Book. Book now. Link. I needed more kind of design vocabulary to be able to discuss it with him. So I pitched Alex back. Alex wanted art book because Machine and Krieger is such a beautiful classic. The way you overthink and overdo these requires the design of an art book. This will sound weird, but I'm a big fan. I think I said it on on the bench too, maybe. I'm a big fan of uh, Vogue for the beauty of its layout. Tomoe-chan, what's, what's that? Uh, Grace Coddington. That's her, thanks. Tomoe is my mentat. She knows with- <laughs> when I'm with Tomoe, I'm smart because she remembers everything. Thank you, Tomoy. She's uh, Grace Cuddington. Uh, if you're interested in layout and books, etc., you could look up just her work. You don't have to get Vogue to, to do it, but her layout style is beautiful. You know that one scene in Blade Runner? It's when Deckard comes into the room, and it's laid out like a 1930s portrait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know the one I'm, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. about babbling cool. about. Ridley Scott stops it, and it's just this beautiful pan, and it should it it should looks like a painting, doesn't it? It's beautiful. She has that style too. And I've just been, can I say enamored? Is that pretentious enough? <laughs> I've been so taken with her style, uh, really Scott style, uh, all of these people over the years that this was the closest I thought we could get it. I talked this through. Alex knew exactly what I meant because he's been following my work for, for so many years. I'd like to pretend that he's my student, but I think it's flipped around now that <laughs> he's become the master and We did a couple of tests, and he just nailed it right off. This is all Yokoyama-san, though, isn't it? The the design of the Mark 44, when captured from this particular angle, it just says everything about it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah. You can see how the, uh, I I had that concept rattling around in my head about the vectored weathering, how it's got the little bit of the muni sort of dust up around the top rivets, Mm -hmm. that blue shark eye there, and then coming through. But keeping it together, I had a different sort of goffs, uh, grease oil fuel, fuel stains there with the, with the blue, mm-hmm. uh, blue on the back of the legs. I started going with the Canon looks at the beginning of my series and then going more towards my own take on it, but trying to keep it close to the Canon look too. So. I understand we, all, when we come from a scale modelling background, or, or even Warhammer, like I do, but I actually do come from airplanes. Airfix Frog kits when I was a little kid. It's great to have some versions or uh, concepts to give to folks to try out if they, if they're looking for a paint scheme before they get, you know, fully um, confident of doing their own. So I wanted to kind of go through that progression as well. But thank you for focusing on this shot. This is probably my favourite spread in the book. This it's, speaks to me. This is what I wanted to show. So when Alex showed this, Alex meant you are the man. When uh,
3: when trying. I was looking through the the photos that you sent me, this one stood out to me because I I love the Mark 44 from the profile, uh-huh. but like you mentioned, it's the best way to show because it, it is bulky, but it's, it's oddly shaped. Right. And, it and you Isn't know, it? Yeah. it I've built one and I had a difficult time photographing it. I think my photos turned out okay, but it doesn't no, they're all right. like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, they're it,
7: great, man. They're great. Your it, color it, scheme it, was great too. Yeah, You're very, you. very creative. I really like that one. When I saw it, it's got such a, a different sort of pop to it. Yeah. It's cool. But
3: it's as I was turning it around and taking my shots, the side profile one, when, I uploaded it onto my computer and I'd sent it to Lightroom. I immediately was like, yep, that's the one. That's how mm-hmm. it looks mm-hmm. the best, best photo I've taken of it. While we're looking at this picture, I have to compliment you on the blue grease, because if you don't handle grease in your normal day to day life. Um, I used to do maintenance, so we did. But a fair number of greases Hmm. are that color. Right. Most people that do military modeling, they think of grease like on tank road wheels. And it's usually we
7: do what MIG told us to do. Right. (laughs) And Miguel said it's this. So it's this. And in fairness,
3: (laughs) most of the time on those types of vehicles. It is what no normal person thinks when they see grease.
7: And if I've got he- a bottle, a magic potion that says what the color is. But yeah, I just, I, I have Sorry. to, I have to compliment you that for that because. Thank you. That is you know how much you've ruined my fun now. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was, I was so hoping to get hater comment on this one going, you know, you did the grease wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be this brownie orange color, but yeah. No, thank you. I hope this appeals to folks. Like, and, and you know, if I can, if I can get pretty hardcore guys like you on board, yeah. that's a win. And I, I know because it can come in any color. Technically, they they yep. dye it so we don't drink it and do stupid yeah.
6: stuff like it. I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. but I'm sorry. Please but, grant, you uh, no, no, uh, from this angle. Like uh, like TJ was saying, is just is perfect for this version because the Mark Forty Four. This is the space version, the lunar version, if you want to call it that. It has such a flow you know rolling off the top and down the legs it has that flow of a suit a space suit that just for me just yeah. carries it so well these suits even the the, the land seats and i am such a big fan of the the 44 because of that flow that that rounded shape in nature there's no edges there's no sharp edges in, in nature and there's no sharp edges in these suits which makes it to me more realistic the colors, the whites, the, the, the toned down whites, the grays, and there's a ankle guard is actually wrapped around the gray by bringing the white back into it again with scratch marks. And it's just phenomenal. And it's just, it's wow. such phenomenal work.
7: Tomoy, can you, can you check that one off? I made Grant happy. you <laughs> <laughs> tick on that one.
6: Well, it's, it's very, very good.
7: Grant, I have a confession. I really it do. Sad. That's why, TJ, for you bringing Grant on, man, it's just made—it's made my made my year, made my <laughs> made, made my career really. Because when I make space stuff for Machine and Krieger, I make it for Grant. I, I'm not kidding. I am serious. I'm, you know, I am—you know—I usually joke around, not nonstop, right? As you know. But Grant, am, am I allowed to mention your previous one of your yeah, previous employers? Yeah. yeah, Grant's NASA. Yeah, he's the real deal. He's not some guy playing with plastic. Toys in his in his in his in his basement, right, like me. Grant's the real deal from NASA. So over the years, when I've had positive feedback from me, it's been a supremely motivating and uplifting. Yeah. So anytime I make space stuff, I'm thinking <laughs> this will make Grant happy. So <laughs> seriously. So that that absolutely makes my day. Thank nice. you so much, Grant. You don't know how happy you've made me today
6: you've you've always been very very good with your design and the concept of your paint color especially with the tones that you use for light and dark it's just been, it's just fantastic can't wow. speak, speak enough
7: of it can i be on this show every week <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> the the only color i was unsure of Can I step back and become human for a moment? uh, No, just with with the level of praise from you guys, I got to point out my my foibles that I wasn't sure about the the acrylic one I've done in the book. So my four, it sounds it sounds pathetic compared to Max's ten, and he wins every time. So, (laughs) so, So so all good, all good, Max. That's a that's a real win. With the four I've done, I tried to show not only progression but also. Uh, variations to make this more accessible to people because people do uh, they tend to know me a little bit for the hand painting with lacquer paints and that is not necessary whatsoever it's it's just one of the stupid things I also can do so there's uh there's the full hand brush of that then there's a, an acrylic only one so it was fully uh, hand painted with water-based acrylics then there's uh, a couple of airbrush ones as well because I wanted it to be fair to both applications of paint it's kind of funny right because you can hand brush with these things, certainly you can't airbrush them, can you? It's like actually I, I can do both. Just don't don't tell anyone. Because the airbrushing one's easy. I'm just not good. Like when I see somebody like uh, John Bonani oh, uh, with his airbrush so stuff, I'm like I'm like, dude, F off. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> just, I, I, I'm sorry, John. I don't know you. I don't know if I'm allowed to make jokes like that. But uh, I <laughs> saw. he like, I tell him all the his, time. <laughs> I, I got a feeling the, the dude airbrush is so he makes models so well. He's got to be funny. I, I've never yeah. met a really kick-ass modeler who's not funny. Seems like it's a, it's a necessary thing for us to sit there going. Got eh, 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 tongue out, right? So when I see airbrush like that, it's like no, no. no I'm doing the, the 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 baby version, but still. I wanted to show the progression that we could move across all of them. And however you're comfortable making models, please just go that way. Uh, it's cool. Uh, and, and then you can try new stuff over time if you want to. TJ's brought it up. Thanks, man. This green, I was really unsure of it because this colorway, Should not work. Art School 101 says, no, you're doing this wrong. But I really wanted to test it. Sometimes I get this funny bee in my bonnet and I gotta, man, I gotta break shit. I was gonna say, and then I did. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm swearing. (laughs) I'm Australian. I gotta, yeah, nah, flippy, (laughs) spitty, back shit. So (laughs) this one was the big test on and how far I could break colours according to the rules, yet still seem somewhat accessible. So this one's not canonically correct, and I did get a bit of negative feedback on this one, which was funny. But then those same folks, once it was finished and weathered up and gone to completion, and what I'd like to pretend I see in my head, the feedback then became good. This colour, this was scary for me. So the other ones, Grant's pointed out that he likes my my light, darks, and what have you. But sometimes I get. on my own bleeding edge and experiment with stupidity like this. So this one was very nervous making. But I think the result was okay.
3: Yeah, it's all right. This is the set say- You have YouTube videos about this one,
7: correct? Yes, yes, yes. Ruining models with acrylic paints. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I totally missed the good plug there, didn't I? Um, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to share this one just to, to give folks the license to do silly things like this. Uh, and this was the that was the full airbrush, kind of basic one, going back, older airbrush style, the, the white one, whitish one. And again, this one was very much for Grant. Because this one is totally NASA inspired. Yeah. Imagine if NASA made this and they had a gun to their head and they had to make militarized versions. This is probably how I feel they could make it look
6: agree with you 100%. One of the things I like about this one, again, we're talking about one of his uh, white suits. uh, So
7: this is the white knight prototype. Yeah, (laughs)
6: Right. This is beautiful because you you do something that most people will try to do with either a wash or a uh, filter or something like that is you brought in different colors of white and you put them together and it it just pops at the right spots. White is probably it's like for me, white is like yellow. It's like one of the worst colors for me to paint and I, I, I have such a trouble with it. But following your example on this this image here, I was able to do some decent stuff myself. And I I think that's one of the things that you give a person on your website is you give the normal builder and painter that, that we can do this you know, we don't have to use the $700 airbrush or the $700 paintbrush. We can do it with both that are just – you just make it easy Accessible. for us to do it. Yeah, exact. That's the word. Well,
7: well the, the truth is I'm poor and have kind of tools. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear airbrush companies, yeah, send, me, yeah. send me $700 airbrush yeah, now.
6: It's, you do it just right, and you show the, you show the progress and how to do it, and it's easy for a person to learn so much from this this process and it's just great and i just oh cool thanks grant
7: this one was hard to see you can you can go white but you do need some color so you know you'll often hear me misuse the word restraint of which i actually have none but i like to pretend i have restraint choosing the water slides here are to match up with this scheme was was a bit of thought i went into it but keeping it very shirokuro Black and white for a strong theme, yet having that obnoxious yellow water slide up there in the, in the prime position was, was key to making it kind of pull together. Personally, this is one of my favorite ones, this, this white one, but I understand. I actually had some, some quite negative feedback about this one. This one is boring. Why don't you make it like the first one? It's like, well, it's a different finish. It's, yeah. it's, it's interesting because it's good to have different enjoyments in our hobby, a, a joy for different finishes. You know, we can, we can enjoy different things. So that, that's this one. I actually enjoy this somewhat. Cleaner look sometimes.
6: Oh, I love those. That's just because you, you just you, the one you did when you, when, when yeah, you talked about making this one, you had talked about how they would come in because the, the boosters are behind the actual, they came in head first and you nailed it. Nobody ever thought of that before and you picked that up 100%. And those impacts you did on top are just small enough and just. They're
7: just spot on. This one, uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Grant. Yeah. The, this one hit me at the right time because, you know, I was watching Gundam Thunderbolt mm-hmm. so that I can pretend to know something about Gunpla as well. Okay. So... <laughs> Yeah, right, because, you know, I'm I'm writing in, I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be the sci-fi guy. I better watch some Gundam. And the English versions are actually a lot more watchable than the Japanese. The Japanese ones have screaming children in them, which just <laughs> drives me up the wall. They're flying head first. And I'm thinking, man, you know, they're going through, uh, like, asteroid debris fields, all of this stuff, shooting them up. The, the bad guys last, like, 2.3 seconds on screen. They've got to be get beat up from the head down. Mm-hmm. So I, I know old Miguel tells us to use brown fuel stains. And weather like this. And, guys, I, I'm friendly with Miguel. I consider him a friend. That's why I, I'm just joking around. And he's he's funny, too, in real life. Do you remember Uncle Leo in Seinfeld? How un- <laughs> Uncle Leo comes up and grabs you by the arm to, Lincoln, I tell you. I tell you. You listen. I'm like, I'm not trying to escape. Dude, you're Uncle leo me, man. Uh, he goes, compared to you, you hate sci-fi by how much I love it. I was like, dude, wait, what? I thought you loved tanks and stuff. He goes, No. Actually, I love sci-fi more than you. I don't know how you can quantify that, my friend, but okay. (laughs) All right. I guess. I mean, I actually love tanks more than you. So there we go. The freedom to think about these from directional vectors just kind of slapped me. And I was like, okay, so... In going from a ground version to a space version to a ground version again, then another space version, that was awesome. And I think that's one of the beauties of this series is that we can kind of step through that and, and, you know, teach our brain how to kind of rethink through different axes I'm way off in La La Land, aren't I? <laughs> no. Right? Cause you know, in fact, when I make the flying ones, I think, well, they fly this way and I do it and I make the sounds. And then I, that's how I think of the, <laughs> the weathering like that. So these dudes, they look pretty like chunk and standing around because they, they don't make a particularly dynamic hero pose, do they? Whereas, you know, Gundam, I can have it doing the splits. I can have it doing the shall we dance pose. I mean, they're very dynamic and posable, but these dudes just kind of stand there. But you think of them in action, and wow, it's a totally different thing, isn't it? TJ's moved on to what I like to refer to as the group bum shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid you not. With Alex, he's a big fan of this this angle for the Mark forty four as well. Right. So, and we nicknamed it just for our, our 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 back and forth. We nicknamed it bum shots. Cause they look great from this angle, don't they? Mm-hmm. They got, got some nice bum.
5: <laughs> so
3: I don't, I don't want to forget. This is a slightly aside. Sure. But, um, Alex, we had a guy named a, a Warhammer painter named Luther Davies on a couple episodes after you. So okay. probably like early 2001, maybe around March. Um, Luther is, is one of my favorite Warhammer painters. He's an Englishman. When we it's were okay. taught, we, <laughs> yeah, you can't hold it against him. We were taught when, during the course of the interview, I brought up Machine and Krieger when we were talking about it, just in general, and then he's like, "Oh, you know, it's 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 funny because uh, a friend of mine is really into Machine and Krieger. His name wow. is Alex. Alex, I don't know how to say pronounce Alex's last name, but it's this Alex. Okay. And I was like, Really? I I know who that is. Like, I know his work. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, we worked together for like five years." And then wow. um, we didn't know that we did this. Like he didn't know I painted Warhammer. I didn't know wow. he, he built models. And then we stopped working together. And then we were chatting one day, like via text message or something. And wh- I, he's like, I don't remember who one of us said something about this. And then the other one was like, Oh, you build models? I also build models. <laughs> and he's like, "We worked together for all these years." Wow! In a, in a design, because they were they're both graphic designers. And he's like, "We yeah. worked together for like five years." No clue that we had all this stuff that was in common that we did. We were just friends. We just never talked about it. And I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's that's really amazing." Funny. Yeah. I was like, "That's why I tell everyone what I do."
7: Oh man, C- can I go off the rails for like three seconds? Of course. That is like easily. So now that now that I live in a, <laughs> in US. When people say what do you do and it's like I make fake little robots somewhat well and and oh man it's just it's the it's the worst because I got nothing I don't know how to to describe and I've never I'm just hoping against hope that one day someone's going to go oh what like Gundam and so on even <laughs> even that would be like the best like reach around ever but no I usually get I get just nothing and it's it's brutal and they go how many people like that in the wild? They start asking me these questions like I'm pitching them for sh- on Shark Tank or something like I'm, like I'm trying to get – yeah, yeah, they turn it into this questionnaire like I'm trying to get venture capital or something. I'm like, dude, I, I can tell this is not your world. Could we drop it, please? Because you know, why do I have to educate you about something you obviously have no, no interest in? Please let it go. Yeah, so, man, that one is just brutal. So I, I've never been lucky enough to get someone to go, oh, yeah, I make models too, even the wrong ones i'd be happy with
3: <laughs> right I, so uh, I have i haven't either oh, okay I, I, I get people that are interested in it that cool. want to know more and, and of course a lot of people that like don't really understand it and then i show yeah. them a picture and like oh okay yeah i, I understand that now do you get the, yeah, the, the blank I mean,
7: the blank glazed overlook
3: Not, not really most I, I think i think it's because of what i do for a living and the uh-huh. type of people i work around with Right.
7: You work with your hand. Yeah. And um, other people I, around you make things, right? So yeah. I think makers are different because they know about the, the, you know, we're supposed to make as humans. We were built to use these hands and everything we've made in our world is by these hands, right? So yeah, I think it, it's a special thing.
3: I, I'm a construction worker. It's, this is not classically masculine pursuit to say it politely i suppose
7: what are you saying tj
3: <laughs> <laughs> that i'm a that you, i'm a huge nerd that's, that's yeah. what i'm saying you're
7: talking to some guy who's dedicated you're talking to some idiot who's dedicated his life to this 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 crap <laughs> you're a girly man link that's what we're saying yeah. <laughs> that's the way that's the way some
3: view it yeah. until they get to understand what it is right yeah. uh like my, my no, I'm friend making
7: stuff to make nasa people happy that's what i'm doing. exactly
3: <laughs> you know my the superintendent on the job that i'm on is, is a friend of yeah. mine and cool. when we got to know each other or we got to know each other on this job which i've been on for about a year um when he's started to peel back the layers of me because you know it's not like right. i wear a t-shirt that says hey i build models and <laughs> when we would start to get talking i've I told him that, and he he would you know try to make fun of me about it, which is it you can't because I'm a nerd, so you can't make so, fun of me for it. Yeah, I, I, I am what that. I am. Yeah, wow. It, but to, not, not like in a seri- like to to right. josh around, right? Just to like poke
7: at me, but I've I guess I've just not dealt with anything like that forever. It, you know, it's either the the no clueness or I was hanging out with people who were way deeper and scarier right. than me. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, wow. I mean, he he
3: had no clue, and then right. as I he would just for a while be like, "I just, I, I, I don't even know what to say. You're, you're this, this big.
7: They make noise too. Construction worker.
3: You got <sighs> tattoos all over your arms, and you got a beard, and you know, you're putting in this big, huge pipe, and then you go home and you, you build little tiny tanks. Like it just doesn't compute. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I like football and fast cars and stuff too, but you know, but I, I, I just told him, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm like Shrek. Ogres have, ogres have layers like onions. I was like, just look at me like that.
6: <laughs> so I've got a question Please. about Alex. So yeah. I've known Alex on and off through Facebook for quite a while. Great guy, fantastic modeler. He's done some really good one thirty fifth scale figures. He does. He's doing Warhammer now. I mean, and actually,
7: yeah, that that was the funny thing. The yeah, flip around is he's, he's big into Warhammer again now, yeah. and he's been making fun of me yeah. for Warhammer <laughs> for years, like like a bastard. Because you know. I don't know how you can make that junk. Yeah. And boom. Man, he's awesome at it. Oh, yeah, he's
6: awesome. He's doing some really good stuff. He actually got the sensei's approval for some mask or some decals, didn't he? Didn't he do some decal runs or something like
7: that? Right, or- right, right. So, yeah. um, and I'm not saying that was all me. I'm not. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, no, no. So, so, uh, uh, they're dry rub transfers. Yep. And Alex made them. That's all his genius. But because I've got that direct pipe to Yokohama-san, yeah. I said, dude, can we, can we do this, please? There's a bit of, there's quite a few people doing water slides for them, mm-hmm. like Katosan, san Hasegawa-san, what have you. So we can get it done so long as it's got a different approach. Yeah. Anyways, that, that's just, but yeah, they're, they're really good. So oh, they're beautiful. Um, I've used them on the Nisei as a bit of a demo for him, mm-hmm. but it's my fault. Sorry, everyone, that they're not out to, to public yet because Alex was so deeply working with me on this publication, so that's, that's my fault. But uh, yeah, they, they should be ready to go pretty soon. That's good. That's good. Yeah. They're nice. Dry rubs are so sharp and nice, aren't they? Yeah.
6: Yes, they are. Yeah.
7: I, I totally fumbled with them too. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming soon too. So uh, machineinheimet.com machine if you can find it. Not sure how to get the spelling out there, is it obvious?
3: <laughs> we'll, we'll put a link to it oh
7: cool cool thanks 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 yeah. thanks
3: because his uh, little pdf guides are awesome yeah yeah for like a, a couple of dollars it, it's worth it just to look at his pictures frankly yeah. and then you get all the information about how he did it on top of that and it's like yeah okay
7: yeah they're awesome automatic buy Hey, yeah. did you like, so that tan one you had up there, TJ? Yes. What do, what do you guys think of that style of page? What is it? That's where the law is. Well, contained. considering I have a stack of tan boxes behind me, <laughs> okay.
3: I'm sure yeah. you can imagine that I enjoy it. Yeah. Because okay. um, I, I throw away, I do not, well, I throw away model boxes and sure. less. It's a machine creator box. Then I do not. It goes back onto the stack. Anything yeah. else? Anything I don't need out of it in the trash. I don't right. typically save a lot of parts and less from machine creator kit. I'll save some stuff from like tanks if I like wheels and stuff, but a lot of the crap right. I just don't need. But, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I love the color cards that are this color, the, mm-hmm. the tan, and I love the boxes that are tan. I mean, the, the, some of the wave boxes that are the, the normal the, or the white with the artwork on the front. Those are great okay. too. But the tan boxes. When you see that tan box, like on a shelf, if you're you go to a little hobby shop and you're like, I bet there's something good in here, and you're hunting around, (laughs) and you see that tan box, like in the back, like on the shelf, there's like shit piled on top of it, and you're like, ooh, there's something (laughs) good over there. You know, to make a beeline like right to that. Or if you get to a a model show here in the states, Grant, you were there.
6: Yeah, Uh, no comment.
3: In in Colorado, we walked right in. Uh, Grant, it was me, Grant, John, who couldn't be here tonight, and we walked in. We didn't even put our stuff down on sign in. We're like, let's go look in the vendor room. We walked right in. And as soon as we, we walked in and looked to the left and John was like, tan boxes, let's go. <laughs> and we went over and we bought all the guys. We actually said
7: tan boxes.
3: Yes. He's like, there they are. It's like, look, hey, they're right
7: there. The, this has probably never been shared before. So like Grant, have you ever heard where the tan comes from?
6: No, I, I actually, no, I never did, but I I'm like or like J or TJ said it was just it, it's such a draw for us. I don't know what it yeah, is.
7: Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I remember it too because when I first started seeing this stuff, they were <laughs> the Nido boxes on shelves. Yeah, it just it really drew my eye in because we know somehow it means something military, don't we? I think that's what it is. We know somehow that's. Yeah. So well, that's um, the
6: color of an MRE box, a meal yeah. ready to eat box, right? The tan color.
7: So even a little bit back before then, I think it might have been some of the the earliest earliest at all uh, SF three D kits. I think they might have. I don't think there were kits even proper. I think they might have been just like miniatures mm-hmm. that they were sending out. You remember those all kinds of deals where if you ate enough Cocoa Pops, they and you cut the things out and sent it yeah. in, you get the, the the free Cocoa the Monkey. <laughs> I think I think it made a, it must have been something like that, some sort of mail-in deal back in the '80s, and they were sending them out in brown paper bags. Oh, I'm not kidding. And the brown the brown paper bag was either based on what should contain a forty, or it wasn't that. I'm just, I'm just kidding. The, the uh, it was is forty the correct way to say it? Yeah, that's the, that, that's a real that's a real US thing, but we we say brown paper bag just means booze, but um. It was the, the the grease-proof wrapping that AKs were shipped in. AK-47s, excuse yep. me. The tan box comes from, that That was their interpretation of that. They said, what if we send these out? Like AK-47s was the original impetus for the tan. Yeah. And what now eventually you, became a box. Now you
6: say that, it's like, it's a light goes off in your head. It's the like yeah. packing paper. It's all the it is. The packing
7: paper that rifles yep. get sent out in. Yep. Yeah. So that's what it comes from. That's and great. And one of them had the, the inspiration for that. That's- yeah. And to this day, we have distinct, they all contain water- waterproofed AK-47s.
3: <laughs> that's great that is really cool yeah yeah
7: right and it's, it was interesting it was very exciting to me because I, I lit up i was like yeah i know that stuff japan has no kind it of, has very very little guns especially yeah. legally so most folks there in japan just had no idea what that could possibly mean or be so but i think speaking to folks in the u.s it might be just a little more known a little more common oh definitely mm-hmm. yeah uh, I, the, especially the, those with military backgrounds
6: the thing is too is that this is what's nice about your book is now over – instead of us just looking at pictures like we've been doing for decades, we're hearing it in English and we're seeing it in English now. And it's just it, – it, it's wrapping it all up for us over here. So, I mean, I, that's what's I hope great. it's not
7: a final wrap. No. <laughs> There's more. I, I promise. No. <laughs>
6: <laughs> no, but it's great that, you know, we finally have it in English. We finally have it, you know, we can see this now and we know cool. that backstory, you know, now, it's, it's great.
7: These ones were fun because <laughs> so I, for my series, uh so each of those four, there's a paint card, a color card oh. version on each one and it entitles the pilot um the background their position in in their in their squadron and then kind of a story about why it's painted in that way forth from the pilot's perspective as if it were real and they're real oh they're real <laughs> and uh i i structured the the stories so that a person who is interested could then write it out to figure out the unit like the the organizational chart of how these these units are listed for combat reasons. So the ground units are listed like, uh, the components in a tank squadron and the, uh, air units, space units are set about as if they were, uh, based on what we fly now, uh, in most modern military. So there's, there's a take on that as well, which I thought could be interesting for people so that they can equate it to the real world fast forward at a certain amount of time. So that was really fun. So the, the lore is built in there. Uh, and it's all like approved and canonized and what have you, because it's not real. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was great to get that in there as well. So people who are really into it, wanted to figure out some of that stuff. That's in there for you as well. And I loved it. Uh, that was fun. I actually read every single paint card that is associated with this series and translated them all. So it was quite a bit of work, but it was fun too. And I start learning stuff like, um, the Mark 44 is for male pilots only. Really? Really? And I do it. And it doesn't say why. And, uh, female <laughs> pilots were, were assigned to like the Mark 52, for example. But yeah, it could be for the facilities. Yokohama-san did often think that stuff through. He's mentioned it because, uh, he equated it to, um, he goes, you know, like how, what are they called again? The guys in the tail end of the, the bombers during World War II, the tail like end gunners.
3: Ball turret gunner.
7: Yeah. 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 So, um, being so far away, they had no facilities, right? Didn't they hot swap sometimes? Like the, the the bombers would land, and the next victim had to get in, and there'd be literally crap everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was his version of the story, and I was just I was astounded by the how the depth that he had gone into thinking these during these things through, and thinking that these are real war machines. So you know you have to kind of factor that kind of stuff in. So I was hooked, man. I was like, wow, that is so cool, but also not real. So that allows me to deal with it mentally.
3: Um, you mentioned reading the color cards, which I I also like to do. I don't read Japanese. Cool. Sure. Um no, the translations we, are good because yeah. we we live in the future. Your phone <laughs> yes. can look at it and then pretty much tell you what it is before I figure that <laughs> with out. With
7: bonus weirdness, right? Yes,
3: it is really strange. <laughs> Free
7: weirdness. You go with um, wait, what? you you know you kind of get
3: the gist of what they're
7: saying obviously
3: as a a non-japanese speaker i I, i'm just gonna have to take my phone's word for it but um you can you can just it's anyone that out there that has never tried that i you should because there's little tidbits in there that you learn about the lore like the lunigans that i did earlier this year it's i did the one on the color card the only one that wasn't gray Mm. it was tan and i just didn't know why. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's tan. I like tan. After I'd already decided that's the one I was going to do, I'm like, let's see what this color card has to say. So I And then you I get the reason,
7: it. right? Yeah. And the
3: reason why it was tan is because the gray, it could be seen through the infrared mm-hmm. scopes or whatever. So they're like, oh, we'll put this tan paint on to hide it from the infrared scope. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, because mm-hmm. why Why else would you paint something tan on the moon? Who cares? The moon. The moon's gray. I and
7: am. I was like, oh, that so- is really that cool. Is, this is like number number seven of making my life <clears throat> worthwhile. <laughs> well, because the the visibility through the infrared spectrum, like through through NAVs, for example, uh, I brought that to the property. Okay, that's why that's why I started bringing in things and adding red, more more and more red to things. I said because, well, when you look at things through, uh, it's supposedly when you look at things through night vision goggles, dark greys, blacks, and reds look almost very similar, and uh, it's also something that doesn't mess up your night vision red mm-hmm. because of the way it hits the cones and rods and yep. grant can tell us smart things about that but yeah, that's um, why everything
6: is red when they say that when they go operational the red lights come on there's a yep. the reason why
7: yeah,
3: if, yeah exactly if, if you're an amateur astronomer like i yeah. am you oh cool need to use red flashlights because yep. you got to look at something with a normal flashlight you've just ruined an hour's worth of standing out in the dark yep. Yep. right
7: right 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 yeah it's exactly that wow so i'm i'm so glad that's so little interconnected right and it still makes the um the background stories. Max actually describes that in one of his um, Mark 44s in, in the book. He brings that one up. Yeah, yeah that, that's really nifty, isn't it? Yeah. And it's our, our little nod to kind of trending it towards being a right. possible reality, which we can nerd out on. Dude, in amateur astronomy, I did not mention that. I'm yeah. going to tell your construction manager supervisor now.
3: Yeah. They they know. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. you, you want, you okay. want to ask, you know how big of a nerd I am? I say, not in the field with the <laughs> telescope in the dark.
7: And I had aliens come down, and they were saying, re re-brill Rebrillum," And I understood. They just wanted Miller Beer backwards.
3: <laughs> so I, I do – I know I mentioned it before. I want, I want to circle back around, rewind about 40 minutes or so. You mentioned the sci-fi FAQ. Yeah,
7: that was that- all lies. They were all yeah. lies back then. It took a while for me <laughs> to build up to, to getting into truth bombs, but – Sure. That, uh,
3: that AK released. I used to have it right here, but. This is a mess because, as I mentioned before, Dude, I'm having you've a basement reading. You lost my
7: book already? No, no, no. <laughs> that was <laughs> three years of my life. I don't remember where <laughs> and I And it's it. gone. I Dude, it's, uh, it's cool. I,
5: well, no,
3: because now I want to know where I put it. <laughs> yeah, because that's that, expensive. It was very expensive. I realized, <laughs> I don't like it. It's probably in the stack. Oh, it's in the stack over there. I see it. It's expensive. I wasn't.
7: No um, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do,
3: since you're here, I do want to talk sure. about that book because I don't, I don't know if you know, but when that book came out, we discussed it heavily on the podcast because our friend Aaron ordered it from, uh, we did a group order from Spain. So we were some of what? the first people.
7: Yes, yes I remember you I, told me that. Yeah.
3: yeah. I, other than promotional copies, I think we were some of the first people in the United States to have that book. And we were very proud of that fact. And yeah, congratulations. All,
7: and and think, thank you. Thank you guys. Thank well, you. wow.
3: Uh, I love that book and okay. I love it. <laughs> I love it for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them is I like good modeling books, so it's a good modeling book. And two, and I think I mentioned it when we discussed on the podcast, I appreciate what you did with it because you have a mm. reverence for science fiction fiction that I share and that a lot of other people share that unfortunately still even now a lot of traditional modelers for lack of a better term still kind of look down on and especially within the IPMS system which I love I love IPMS I'm a member I belong to a club I support my club I support my show John is second vice president of IPMS USA we love the IPMS but it's still second fiddle science fiction is still second fiddle to aircraft Especially armor, cars. It's changing.
7: Well, not in my world. It's not. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> mine either. It, it's the culture. Culture. I oh, guess. Dude, I know. Sounds kind of pretentious. I, I, the, I,
7: I really do understand deeply. I, I do the, because and, in in Japan they would still do it there as well. Uh, I, I'd have these old dudes come over and start lecturing me. I go, what are you making this? You are a man with talent. Why are you making this, this Gundam nonsense? This uh, isn't sir, real. Why do you waste comes... your time on it? Yeah. yeah. And I go, your, your little toy airplanes and tanks are not real either, sir. Get in, fly yeah. it, show me. <laughs> yeah, get it, in. It, it's, <laughs> get it's, in. It's an, I said,
3: it's an yeah. attitude that, you know, even a lot of modelers that I look up to and respect, not a lot, sure. but a, a couple. Have that attitude too, that they don't bother themselves with science fiction because I only build things that are real. And I, I've heard <laughs> someone say that. I'm like, but, but you're not really, you're still building a toy and it's not really real to you it may be a real thing but how an x-wing was real they yeah. built x-wings they yeah. exist man i, I can tell but, you this it makes there's sense it there's does. more it X- makes sense.
7: million falcons real man i went to visit in, in california and we got a ride and everything it's real
3: there, there's so, more mm. x-wings on this planet yep. than there are of some obscure japanese world war ii tank that they made you know 50 of that none of them survived <laughs> the war so I, really building an x-wing you're building a more real thing than some <laughs> paper panzer essentially that didn't exist or barely did so like right chill out man gosh
7: <laughs> but, but, that, but thank you for addressing this i'm not brave enough to i'll uh, say it i
3: don't care all of that to say well the main reason why i appreciate that book is because you treat it the way i treat could you
7: it. you could feel that could you or did, yeah. do i do it do i mention yes. it somewhere or you just you no. felt
3: that I, I if you did i didn't see it um, I've dude, read i the can't like to
7: go back to making real stuff now (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah i i love sci-fi and i feel yeah you're exactly right i feel that it it, from my perspective in being uh they asked me to make the the faq for it which for for that publisher is a big deal I, i should say for my career it's a big deal too so i i took that on and a lot of time was spent thinking about how can i best uh show and represent the sci-fi genre and do it right uh, as best I can. So I felt a great weight actually for doing that. So during the process too, I reached out to a great many people to collaborate because I didn't feel that I can do it myself. And I didn't feel that would be right. I mean, uh, come on, let's be honest. Of course I could do it myself, but, <laughs> but. I wanted to also show it from various points of view. That was important to me as part of the respect. I'm sorry, I I do joke around a lot, but the respect is real. I would have people come back and say things like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could do something. I I like a a break in between real subjects or heavy subjects. I want to do something real. And I didn't show them. I didn't share them because I, I wanted the collaborators to also have a genuine joy and appreciation. At least a genuine love. That was the word I was actually using. I was to, I remember my poor wife having to listen to me lament that. That's why part of it's dedicated to, um, you know, thank you for listening to my, my crybaby rants about it because I needed people to have a real love, not just copy paste their, their paper panzer finish onto something and call it sci-fi because that's not really sci-fi to me. I, I mean, I get it. Paper pens it is, technically it's, it is. But you know what I mean, right? I understand people have a genuine passion for, for certain subjects, and I appreciate that. But you don't just copy-paste that across to something else and call it that. It's like I've been on this... Down this, I've been falling through this rabbit hole for so long that I don't feel I could properly do airplanes now, even though I love Spitfires and Mustangs and Corsairs. I just feel they would somehow come out wrong because I, I haven't lived it long enough kind of feeling. I don't know if that's too much of a weird tangent there, but I am so happy and appreciative, TJ, that you felt that through the work. That is That is mission accomplished from my side. Thank you. Oh. sincerely. Thank you. Oh, thank um, you.
6: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And, and, and that is
7: true. It is all me, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, but dude, I also, oh, yeah. I, I admit to, let's, let's call it <laughs> Grant's, Grant's doing that. We're not worthy thing in the background. <laughs> I, I appreciate AK Interactive. That was Fernando. Fernando knew that he had to have a real sci-fi idiot to run that. So, um, I, I got to say that to be self- Deprecating. Sorry. That's my, we're still part, that, that's British Empire, Australia. I, I can't, I can't shake it, man. But that was really cool of him. Uh, Fernando was the only one who seemed appreciative of sci-fi being its own thing. And, um, so I sincerely appreciate him for that. It's not just me. Uh, Fernando had a bit of a hand in that as well. And he, cho- he chose well, didn't he? Come on. He did. He did. <laughs>
6: The man's a genius. I don't know what else to say.
7: <laughs> but wow, I'm so happy that, that, and you know, gosh, Grant, give me a heads up that people are saying nice things about me. I need to hear that. I'm fragile and weak.
6: Just uh, you know, we understand you have a very, very small back, and you need to be it needs to be rubbed a <laughs> well,
7: It's just there's not enough room for all the backpacks to fit at once. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I need them. I need them spread out over, over, over a time period. But seriously, on on that note though, having to work in secret for that long was, was killing me, because I'd never never gone through that before. So um, I was used to spoiling everything on social media immediately for the dopamine hits. <laughs> so yeah, that was hard. And then with working with people and so on, I was looking for the same thing. I needed to find a genuine love for sci-fi. And it's actually the case now. Is it OK to drop this bomb now, TJ? Because I, I guess I'm the publisher. I can do whatever the <laughs> hell <hey, laughs> I want, right? But okay. hey, whoa. Okay. <laughs> so but I always feel. That I need to to get things right with people, but that that's why I reached out to TJ early. So the Lunagans he mentioned, there's another project I think on the way in there as well. TJ's got at least two builds in the next Machine and Krieger in English book. Wow! Because yeah, right. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, because I f- I could feel that TJ was a- approaching it in the correct way. And uh, TJ, I've not actually told you this either. Have I? I hope you didn't think I was just desperate for content because no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been, it's not like that at all. No, I, uh, there's a couple of people, I've, I've interviewed a couple of people and I'm not going ahead with them, not immediately anyway, because I could feel there was no love because they're fantastic modelers and they have love for their own work. That's cool. I, I respect that. But it was with working with other genre, I could feel that there was not a love for what it is. For machine and Krieger? It's not special. It's not, it's no different to any any other thing. I think it's very special. (laughs) We, we, we all know the truth, don't we? That's what I got saying. say. It's it's just best, isn't it? Come on. (laughs) So, and it's real. It's real. Like I said, inventing the time machine was the, so everything else is real. uh for for representing that one qual uh, that one properly i feel a great responsibility to do it correctly properly and with love that's always been the, one of the guiding principles that they've done with their japan publications they're not just throwing anyone in um you had to genuinely love the stuff i probably didn't realize i was being screened for that at the time but now i get it it's one of the things about coming full circle with stuff isn't it in in representing it i needed to find folks who genuinely seem to love it but also have their own take on it which so that's what I love. I, I'm Sorry, this has all become a love fest for TJ today. So <laughs> the, that's what I really appreciate about TJ's work is that he's appreciative of it. You can tell he knows that it's special, yet he brings a new and different approach to it. It's not necessarily different, but he's bringing his own career. He's built up all of these skills over all of these years, and he's applying them in a thoughtful and respectful manner to the property. So he's perfect for this. Um, well, I, appreciate I appreciate it. it. I,
6: I agree with you 100% on that. And I'm sorry to cut you off, TJ, but you do have a, you can see the love for it. And you talked about it earlier when you're taking your phone and using it to translate the cards. I mean, no, most people wouldn't do that. Nerds like us would do that, but you know, we, we, yeah. we do that. And, and, and I've been around this, this genre for a long time. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And it's, you can see it in people and you can see it in the models. And you don't even have to talk to the person. I, I can tell by the way someone builds or paints something. I can tell if they love it or not. And you do, and it's it's, Thank it's you. you you totally earn those spots in that in that in the next coming books.
3: That yep. that is probably one of there's there's only a handful of things that have happened in my in my modeling and frankly in my in my entire life that uh have caused me that much pride and, and joy. You asking me to contribute something, Link, was it's like top three. Probably top two. That was, um.
7: So my next question would be, would you pay money to be involved?
3: Honestly, dude, I dude, probably so would. Kidding.
7: Kidding. No, no, no. That was a crass joke. I'm I'm sorry. No, it, trust
3: it, me, I liked it.
7: It's it's one of the reasons I really wanted to come back on the show once knowing you, and it's been like that two years, is because I, I I was hoping I'd have an opportunity to somehow mention this, but I wasn't sure how weird it might sound. Because I mean, you've already confessed that you're a construction worker, so I got to be <laughs> careful with, <laughs> You know, you're, you're going to hit me with a wrench or something if I get right? drunk, so, No, but seriously, I, I was hoping. Hoping I'd have a chance to kind of get to that, It's I'm, I'm trying to be very careful and show the property properly because I, I, I understand the great uh, responsibility that's actually on me to do it right. And you're right. So, at least now. Just don't f**k it up. <laughs> no pressure. And actually, so speaking about the AK FAQ, I finished Mark 44 in some ways, kind of in its in its entirety, it was finished and written before FAQ wrapped because the original deadline for that one was when FAQ figure came out. I only found out about that after my inbox, I got the AK marketing email. Hey, we'd like to we'd like to announce our next book is FAQ, and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited! Three drops of peer are going to come out, and then I read FAQ figure. I'm like, dude, why did I just kill myself for the past six months to get this ready for you, and then you've pipped it with this one? What the hey? Hey, is going on? Communication, come on! I actually did get that one. I got that like a kill cut off thing. Too much (laughs) MAK. I'm like, yeah, but you watch. People love it. I've heard that feedback. People loved the machine and content in it because they've not been able to see it so much before. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah. So that one finished first. AK came afterwards, and then, you know, of course, I had to hold off until AK shipped, just out of you know respect and so on. So I thought, okay, we'll let that one drop first. So I've, I've held back Mark 44 actually learning experience from it was wonderful in the collaborative aspects of it, because I was thinking initially that I'd have to be making these books all by myself. Somehow that was in my mind, right? If, if I did this, I'd have to do that. But then I realized that I was not following the model uh, because you know Max had brought in folks too, once he was able to you know, find them. And uh, FAQ was wonderful in the, once we got to sharing it, uh, I got to find out a bunch of my friends were already in it, but just Fernando hadn't told me. So like uh, Marcel Dulong, I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm saying your name correctly, Marcel, but I'm a big fan of your work. And I actually reached out to him and said, dude, can I publish some of your stuff? You've done some fantastic things over the years and I love them. Can I publish them? i got a book coming. He was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm working on this other book. And I'm like, who's it with? He goes, oh, it's AK Interactive. goes, is it for sci-fi? He goes, yeah. So, what kind of subjects? Can you tell me them? He goes, okay, some is a machine in Grieger, some of it's this. Go, dude, that's probably my book. Um, yeah, it was just really funny. This, 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 it was really funny, right? Like, I, I he's, he's like, oh, I can't say, and I'm like, well, I, I'm not supposed to say either. And, and, and it was, and it, we all ended up being in, in the same one, and then the sharing of it was great, and I realised that was a fantastic kind of community aspect of publication was getting your friends or people you admire involved as well. So that's why Mark Forty Four, it kind of, well, it's become what it is. It's me with the initial concept and being told what to do, getting and then Max inviting himself in, he's making <laughs> making a fantastic uh, difference. And it, but it's very one kind of thing. It's kind of it's quite Japanese, really. Then there's uh, the second one. I'm not sure if I should drop the title yet. I kind of want I want to keep some magic for wedding night, right? <laughs> I, I don't want to give all the milk away from the poor cow. So the second one, though, it has uh, a couple more people. Uh, involved, which I just really enjoyed. It's great to see the differences. I thought that was important to bring to people too, the differences, not just one guy's version. All but right. It's been great. So, so that's why, yeah, that's why TJ, of course, he was like, uh, and I'm seeing his work going up and I'm like, dude, he's McLovin Mac, McLovin, get it? M A K, but, um, wow. yeah, so, so thanks, bro.
3: Yeah, I think, You're um, I think it was my Mark, my Mark 44 that probably got your attention, I think. Yes. Um, I know I had posted other – because I've been in your your Facebook group for a while, at least three years, maybe even longer.
7: Yeah, it was when you started pumping out things like this and you were getting involved with community, things like the competitions and what have you, Mm -hmm. and sharing. It's like, man, this guy's on fire. He's great. What a great – I could tell you just had the best attitude.
3: It's Um, it's funny. That that Mark 44, I had built that like probably three years ago. hmm. Um, It was one of the first ones I bought because, like you mentioned before, they're easy to get. So when I kind of discovered Machining Krieger, mm. I've got an SAFS, um, which I still have. It's in that cabinet behind me. I love it. It's one of my favorite models. I bought that, and then I bought the Mark 44 White Knight, the prototype version, mm. and I built it. As soon as I was done with the SAFS, I built that, and then I kind of got distracted and went on. It's It literally sat in the box for almost three years. And then in December, I was all I've been doing was tanks. So I'm like, I got to do more science fiction. I haven't done any science fiction in a long time. It's my like true love, I guess, you know, it's what got me into modeling and I pulled it out and I don't know. It's I was like, I, I should probably put some of these pictures in, in links group. It's a lot of machine and Krieger. It's machine and Krieger. So I'll, I'll put some in there. I, I really like how it turned out. It's in that shelf back there too.
7: I, I had, <laughs> there's so many great uh, versions have been sh- shared with me too. And based on yours, I was thinking, if the Mark 44 <laughs> Volume 1 is, is not a world-breaking failure, I wonder if a, a, a second version featuring more, more paint schemes and, and different aspects of it might be possible for the future.
3: Well, that's, I think, one of the best parts about Mm -hmm. the Mark 44. I mean, you can literally do, I mean, you can do that with anything, but there's something about the design of the suit that just lends itself to Mm. weirdness, right? Like, mine is, like, field gray, orange, and red. Colors that shouldn't work together, but Mm. it it doesn't matter, because on the weird shapes and the bulbous shapes of this suit, it just kind of fits. Yeah. And you know, yeah. uh, my, our friend Aaron, I love how it looks that- like
7: war paint.
5: Yeah.
3: That's yeah. what it
7: looks like to me. It's like the pilot went, yeah, show me the was- war face, son. <laughs> yeah. And he's got all the, the orange and the red on it. I thought that was awesome.
3: And, uh, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but is when I was building that kit and I was putting the decals on, when I saw the ammonite decal, I'm, I was like, Oh, duh. Yeah. Ammonite. <laughs> like. I literally just figured that out. Right. I, I've had this kit. I've known what an ammo night is. I don't know what an, an ammo night animal is right. for, my, right. For, right. for like right. my whole life. And I've had this kid for years and it just now dawned on me. Oh, that's why this, they put these decals in here because <laughs> it's an ammo night. Oh yeah. my God. I felt like the biggest <laughs> idiot in the world. Like I'm no, sure no, everyone else of, knew this. It, I don't think me. so.
7: <laughs> I don't think so. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's a little hidden gag and your camera signs all <laughs> get it. Ammo night. <laughs> Some of those gags can be more obvious in Japanese because it's, uh, it's not spelled out in our letters. So they're just working on sound. Okay. So then the, see, we, we, have you noticed we think in, in letters? So we think about the spelling. It's kind of ingrained in us. So no, no, don't, don't beat yourself up about it not being so obvious. Plus, you know, it's just, it's just a box of stuff. You don't spend that much time. It's cool. I do. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I I do too. <laughs> I do too. So in, in spoiling it, so so I know I shouldn't be talking about the next one, but you know, I'm a muddler and it's new and shiny. So shiny. that's why uh, the dark snake eye mm-hmm. um, with its backside of the, the moon story. Right. So the, yeah. I've, so I've got the translation basically version of Operation Dynamo that's on all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my own version that I've made called Operation Dark Side of the Moon in thinking up the story for it and why they've gone with the dark camouflage. And now they've got this preemptive mission to before facilitating the full assault on the, on the moon bases. Um, dude, I spent way too much thinking up <laughs> that stuff and the story and writing it out and going, Oh, that's cool. No no I I I do get it but that's part of the love of sci-fi isn't it that yep. it's it's cool we can make it good and it gets yeah. us away from the the horrors of what's actually happening. Sorry, I, sorry, I had to say it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, not, I, it's not all tractors, man. I do. I
3: really like the uh, color scheme on yeah. that snake eye. I think it's awesome. It's
7: yeah, hard but- to, it, gosh, that's hard to pull off and the photography. So yeah. thanks, but thank you. Thank you. I see. I should be better at receiving compliments. That's, that's on my list now of things to, to just smile knowingly and go, yeah, it's pretty I hot, think, isn't it?
3: Like that, that dark type of like midnight blue. Mm. That's hard hard to pull off. Anyone that's built any World War II American naval aviation that has ever mm-hmm. had to paint, what, what color is that, Grant? Uh, dark, oh,
5: yes.
3: dark sea blue? It's dark sea blue. Yeah, dark sea blue. Anyone that's had to do that, I have not because I don't build airplanes, uh, but anyone that's done that can probably attest that that's a hard color to work with because you can't, if you go too light, it's not. It's not dark it's no blue It's navy
7: blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It
3: doesn't. It doesn't look right. If you go too dark, it's like oh, I'll just paint it black. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. it's it's hard to balance. You know that weird color and you know, something kind of tiny.
7: And you need it to look stealth, yet be cool enough to look like a, a nifty model. Right. Uh, and, it, and it needs a certain amount of sexiness too doesn't it because like you said uh if we just wanted to spray it like stealth grey stealth black easy technically right, right? but having the, the sexiness of the blue the retro coolness of the blue that's hard to keep isn't it rest right. also highlighting it and shading it at the same time so yeah, yeah I, I, like I'm reasonably happy I've had that image in my mind for for some time I think I'm about 90% close to what I want it to be that's we talked of, about it's this good experiment we talked about
6: that color for a while yeah and when me and you talked about about this um, offline, about this several times, and you nailed it. I mean, when you talked to me about what would it look like coming in from a dark side for them, you know, if you look up, what do you see at night? You see dark. You don't see you don't see gray. You don't see white. You don't mm-hmm. see you see you, you see black. And if you're going to be doing a mission like this, as we both know, this is what you do. So, and you nailed it in that dark. I almost see it. I mean, I'm my eyes are not as as, as good as they used to, but I see a dark. The dark blue, dark purplish in it, and it just nails it. It just, just, to me- Thanks. Yeah, it just nails it.
7: But everyone, please buy the other book first, and then, but then maintain excitement for the next one.
6: (laughs) The next one.
3: (laughs) So, speaking of buying your book, where, and I'm sorry, I I forgot to mention this earlier, but where can one buy your book? (laughs)
7: Please That's very to, important. yeah Yes. PaintOnPlastic.com. So guys, I, I've got this one. Uh, the pre-order is currently up and it's hosted on my website. Gosh. Yeah. PaintOnPlastic.com. Please just go there. It's available directly from me. And yes, I'm more than happy to sign. It's, I don't care how many sell, like three more. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than happy to sign them too. Cause I mean, this was one of the coolest things. I, I, I'm still learning the ins and outs of this, but one of the things that kind of I felt it it hurt me personally in my my big feelings was that folks were reaching out who've been you know friends and, and possible fans for some time, saying, "Hey, Link, would you sign my my AK book?" I'm like, "I'd love to," but you realise where that's getting printed and where this monkey lives are very far apart. So it's really difficult, nigh impossible for me to make that work for you, but also to have it economically feasible because you're literally shipping this big, heavy book halfway around the world. So, um, in being able to sell them directly, I can sign them. I, I, maybe it sounds stupid. I don't know, but to me, uh, and, and there's been a huge number of requests for it. I just felt really happy that just made little baby link happy to be able to, to facilitate that for folks. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and some people have asked me to write funny stuff. Which is like Dimitri in Australia seriously said, "I'm sending this together with a whole bag of." D-. He wants me to write that. He, 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 I said, "Seriously? Are you serious that you want me to write that?" I said, "I'm not sure how that would. I'm not if you share that on social media. I'm not sure how that'll play out for me. Might, <laughs> make, might make me look like a bag full of." D-. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I understand the joke for you. Yeah. He's just, he's a hilarious guy. I, actually, he works in construction. No kidding. Um, I think he's a, a project manager, he, he just wanted that joke in it. I'm like, well, all right. Just, you know, you could, please, please explain it, <laughs> but yeah. So, so paint Uh, it's available directly through me. On future publications, there's probably some things I need to get right. I may be able to get it distributed through things, but it's complicated and difficult. I, I, I don't know that I've got the brain power to figure that thing out. So uh, directly from me is probably just, I'll keep it like that for now. It seems to be working okay. People seem to be reasonably happy with it. Just, um, I'm sorry I'm so far away that the shipping, yeah. I need to figure out better options for that. That's something I will definitely improve for the second book is the shipping stuff. And, I, I can't, the shipping's just a beast now.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's, it doesn't matter where you're shipping from. Yeah. Yeah. Truthfully, it's going to be miserable and, no matter what. And
7: we don't get that money. You're kind of holding it and then you have to give it to someone else immediately. Yeah. Yeah. They, they take that and they don't even say thank you. And
3: <laughs> and when um, when do you expect it to be yes. released?
7: So uh please be kind. Realize you've listened to me now rant for an hour and a half. You know I'm an idiot. So the physical one will be shipping planned for August, but okay. quite a few things need to tumble into place. It's So this is the first time for me to be way out on this end of it. I've done everything up to the, the handing off the content and, and layouts and everything before. Man. Now this end of it is, is new to me. So many fails will ensue. So please forgive. But yeah, planning on shipping August. Uh, excellent question. Thank you very much, TJ, for thinking of that one. Uh, it's available directly from me on paintonplastic.com. Just send me a note if you'd also like a, uh, assigned ruined version. And uh, I'm more than happy to do that too.
3: Awesome. So yeah, um, anyone out there listening, if you have even a slightest interest in machining creator or, you love Machine and Krieger, uh, please go get that book. It's going to be great. You can see some of the pictures uh, that link is posted of some of the pages so you know what you're getting and it looks fantastic. And plus, you've listened to us talk about it. Hmm. And I would... Just like to thank you, Link, for coming on for the second time and hopefully not the last time. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. And I know we mentioned this the, the first time, the second first time that we tried to do this interview. Uh, this, this is the first time of the video. The last time you were here, we didn't do video. So it's been good to be able to see you and interact. And yeah. And of course, Grant, thank you for hopping on and no m- <laughs> making my job way easier. <laughs>
6: I'd just like to say also that, Link, uh, you need to advertise your Patreon page.
7: So I, I'm I'm going to try – I'm going to upgrade things, guys. So okay. um, I realize, see, five years of Patreon has made it difficult to find some of the, the, the great content in there. So I'm going to be upgrading. That's why I just need one point to to send folks to, so pantomcastic.com, the website. I'm going to update and host a bunch of the course material. And uh, have it accessible there through the website as well. But Grant, thank you. Thank you. So Grant has been a supporter. Uh, You're both supporters. Thank you both very much. But Grant has been doing it longer, so he's better. (laughs) But (laughs) but really, thank you very much, guys. I can see that. (laughs) I imagine... I imagine it's getting harder and harder to find the back stuff. So I'm going to redo that and to make it more valuable and accessible for you. Thanks, Grant. Thank you for yeah, mentioning that.
6: One comment real quick on the yeah. stuff you're trying to pull forward. You have the three or five sections on how to improve a SAS kit. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Push that forward. That's, it's, it's probably, I love that one. The moment, one of the, one of the most because it tells us how to make the kits the right way.
7: You see what I mean? That they're yeah. getting lost after yeah. five years. I've been yeah. making all of this stuff. But yeah, it's getting really hard to find. Cause yeah. I've got, uh, I got, I had a really good series on making that yellow one that's in the FAQ, the, um, the orc flyer. Yeah. But man, how else can people know that it exists? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to get to work on that. So guys, yeah. just if you want to see my stuff, have a bit of a laugh, get cool content, paint Exactly. I'm going to try to make it better for you. Awesome. And, and well, thanks. And thanks a bunch for having me back on the show. DJ, I, uh, I of course. made, made my day, man. You guys were so awesome. Um and talking and speaking with you it's just absolutely made everything worthwhile. Thank you very much.
3: Yeah. Oh, was our pleasure. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. That was an excellent interview. Link is such a character and such a talented individual. I really enjoyed it. Super disappointed I didn't get to sit in on it. So I am excited for his new book, excited for more content coming from him. He's very creative and a super nice guy. So we just want to thank you again, Link, for taking the time to talk to us. And now I'm going to kick it over to Grant to talk about some group build. So how is
6: your Sherman Lee group build coming along?
2: Very well. Cause have I, I, three of the
6: entrances. <laughs> yes. You were like, are leading everybody. And first of all, I love your grant. I just, I don't know why it just screams my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for myself, I, uh, I really do. I'm, I'm doing a M1 Israeli super Sherman. I talked to TJ about this a couple of weeks ago, but I accidentally threw away the turret. Um, uh, but a buddy of mine actually had a turret and I actually grabbed it painted it, got it uh, textured up, and I, I'm pretty much done and probably get some uh, toner or some uh, primer on it this weekend, hopefully, and it'll be ready to go. It's an early 50s version with the front box still on it, very little stowage gear on them, a lot of just plain old OD Sherman with a lot of dust, and that's what's going to look like.
1: How about you, Scott? on the, uh, again, another Israeli subject. Mine's an M10 with the uh, French SA-50 cannon. It's coming along really, really good. Um starting to look like I'll have it done, so that's good. A little bit of pressure, but uh reserve unit vehicle, not a lot of weathering, never saw any action. But like you said, uh, U.S. olive drab green and lots of dust.
6: Well, that's great, great. TJ, how's yours coming along?
1: I have only done the one.
3: I had two others on the list, but they're not going to happen. But more importantly... As of now, and I think this is as up-to-date as, as I can make it, there are 28 models done for the group build. I feel nice. like there's more, but I don't think my list is 100% up-to-date. Some of the really recent ones were Matthew Johnston's ARV 3, which is really sweet. he has got the crane up, which is yeah. pretty badass. Peter Fizlowski finished yeah. his, finally. He was limping along there for a while, but it was getting better and better, and it is on the way to JB's house right now. That looks terrifying. F- fingers crossed it's <laughs> going to make it in reasonable condition. <laughs> uh, uh, we only saw one part of how he was going to ship it. I hope there was more because it looks like it's going to go for a wild ride um, on the plane ride <laughs> over here.
0: Yeah, um, I actually got a tracking <laughs> notification update today, and it looks like... It's delayed a little bit, but should be here next week. So fingers
6: crossed. Nice. Pray to the plastic gods. Wow, that's great. Twenty eight, that's that's big. That's I mean, if it only it's twenty eight, that's still big. If you got more, man, that's gonna we're gonna have a huge display.
3: I feel like that there's more, um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I know Matt McDougal is getting really close for his ridiculous T mm-hmm. ten mine exploder. <laughs> Um, so I know that one's gonna make it. He's already got two others done as well. Wow um, and Robbie uh Nofs is getting really close his I think tank is done. he's building a little base for it, which is is not necessary, but it'll look cool because it's you know, he's got a whitewash Sherman, so he's kind of done, so I guess you could kind of count that as like twenty nine and I feel like there's a couple more that I'm missing. Another thing I want to shout out to is uh Jeremy Moore is got in for a two and uh it's in that really sweet stage where it's like not painted, but it's got all this, you know, the metal barrel and
6: naked. The, we- the well
3: beads. Oh, and it's, he's such a good builder and it's mm. so
6: good. That is such a beautiful, just like that. It's so beautiful. I love it when a you know, naked look is just so beautiful.
3: And well, it's got you know, turn brass all over it. It looks yeah. really nice.
0: TJ, I, I was just thinking, I don't know if your list has the subgroup. Did you, did you include those? It's, it's the Mayberry build. No. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. You know what?
3: Oh, no. You know what? I don't have a grant anymore. I sent, uh, it, to uh, you, um, see? I sent it to someone. I can not remember who I sent it to. I know I feel bad, but yeah. Or I would build a grant.
6: Everybody should.
3: <laughs> and yeah. then copy
1: Ivan because he likes it no. so much. Oh, no.
6: I just exactly no. like Ivan.
2: <laughs> no.
1: T- <laughs> TJ, seriously, I... I- you should get that M4A1. I mean it's just it's beautiful. I'd love to love to see that as part of the display.
3: Yeah, um I don't know. I kind of want to enter it cuz I don't have a Sherman that I really want to enter in the other like the main category cuz I have the one that I did a couple years ago but it's not up it's not up to snuff. Um, this one I think is pretty good even though <laughs> a cat broke it. <laughs> um I don't know. I that's if I even finish it. I I feel like I I will but who knows. We'll see.
0: Hey, Scott, you bring up a good point. I, I just want to thank all of the group participants as well. You know, entering in the group, you know, you're throwing it in, you could enter it in the regular category yeah. and go alone and, you know, win at nationals. And, and that's really cool and important. So we really appreciate, you know, it, it is a sacrifice a little bit being part of the team. And we, we truly appreciate that. And we hope, we hope that we come out, Uh but you know, the The most important thing I think is the display itself. I think it's really going to be cool. I'm excited, honestly humbled and honored that we have people from overseas as far as Hungary, you know, sending us stuff, Germany, the UK, it's, uh, it's beyond, it's beyond cool. And, and people like Matt, Ivan and others with multiple entries in the group build only make it cooler so thank you all for your dedication it's it's certainly not missed and and we're definitely going to do something special for you guys we're we're still sorting that out but rest assured you will be recognized
6: yeah i can't agree with you more jb uh that's great news and it's it's so neat to see and you know the new guy here and it's it's so neat to see so many people reaching out. And the page, the, the group page build is just phenomenal. Some of the works on there. The new one, uh, I can't remember the the name, TJ, but the M32 recovery vehicle with the Sherman turret without the gun on it and the gun mount is open. That is such a great build. I love that one a lot. That's such a neat. Yeah.
3: neat. I, I'm going to just echo what, what John said. I mean, the fact that there's people like on the literal other side of the world, like, yeah, I'm going to send you this model I built and yeah, no biggie. You know, it, and anyone knows it's not cheap to send stuff overseas and the people are willing to do it. And that, I mean, who even cares if we win anything that alone is, is that's the prize in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It's a great community effort for sure. But I mean, you know, all joking aside, getting to see all these models together on the same table. I mean, you know, Matt really went above and beyond, you know, designing essentially his own kit for the T-10. The artistry of of a lot of the builds that we've talked about, you know, I'm um, getting to see the Mayberry in person. We're pretty confident we're gonna have Patrick Paralysis's Easy uh, Eight on display as part of that. So I mean, it's definitely gonna be something that people are gonna want to check out, and it's gonna be awesome seeing them all together.
6: Definitely. I mean, I can't really wait to see. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be great. I just, it's gonna be great. How about you, uh, Ivan? Besides the uh, Mayberry, what else are you bringing?
2: <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm bringing the. M10, the Russian Lend M3, and the M3 Grant, which is now unnamed. <laughs> I'm, also, <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also planning on bringing the little Tacom M114, Daswerk King Tiger, and the A4. Skyhawk for the geeks and then any more than that I think might be a bit of a push considering it's halfway across the planet but the A4 is being brought in pieces I'm not risking transporting a built aircraft with all the landing gear the uh Mm -hmm. the drop tanks and that is no way I'm going to assemble that once I'm over there Uh, that's a smart move that's a real smart move and you're not taking that grant back with you anyways I'm keeping that one so (laughs) I I don't intend on bringing any of these built models back so if you want a model of mine (laughs) feel free JV,
0: what are you bringing? Ooh, for the group build, I have the M4A2 small hatch New Zealand for for the group build. I gotta get, I gotta get a base on it and put a little bit of stowage. So that's done. Got the M4A2 large hatch Butte Panzer. That's done, and that's on a base. I might try to do figure for it. Not sure. And then lastly. I think I'm going to try to finish the EZH Firefly, which is a EZH chassis with a Firefly turret. It's, it's so close to one of these days. I just got to buckle down and take all these projects from the uh, 90% line to the finish line. But again, super excited. Can't wait. Man, I just, it's going to be awesome. I know our listeners get tired of hearing of it, but it's, it's going to be the coolest, you know, four days of the hobby, five days of the hobby. Well, as soon as Ivan shows up, actually. So. <laughs> I'm going to give that big white crayon a hug. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: going to be the greatest 11 days of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's great. That's great. And Doug, what are you bringing for the build?
4: Well, I mentioned it before. I'm wrapping up. The, it's the Tamiya M4A3. M4A3. I've M4A3. made no no uh, qualms about the fact that I'm not an armor guy. So it's the Sherman EZ8 by Tamiya 35th scale. I, I'd started it a while back and I hadn't finished it. And I was just... Not enjoying these, these grants. All I, I'd look at them and I'd just think, I don't want to work on models today. I mean, it literally pushed me out of the model room. So I finally just decided I'm going to do something that, that I enjoy, that I know I can do. And so I'm, I'm wrapping that one up in the next couple weeks. It's just a, it's just a plain Jane. I'll probably add some stowage to it because I've got it. I mean, I've got plenty of that uh, value gear store at stowage. So I'll add some just going to enjoy, uh, building a tank.
6: That's great, man. I really, it's going to be great. You know, you're looking at one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, almost nine models right here if we bring them all for just us. So there's, you know, there's a good chunk of 28 plus all the other ones that are coming, you know, and everybody else, please keep us updated, uh, updating the website and selling those pictures and we'll get you guys. Can't wait to see you guys all at nationals with your Shermans. Can I say
0: one quick thing? I don't know if this is approved by TJ but I'm going to throw out a comment to say if you have a built Sherman bring it put it on the table we'd love to see it and we'd love to have it part of our display
4: I You know how cool you know how cool last year was when there were 6 Mm-hmm. Yeah. six T3485s on that table there were only six and it was awesome to see those six
6: yep yeah I I agree I think you guys if you bring if you have one bring it we'll put it on the table it'll just it'll it'll be fantastic it'll be a great time
0: and and just to, for everybody who's coming you don't need to register if you're just entering a model in the group display for competition. So it'll be under, I'll just put it under my name, but it'll be listed as the plastic posse group build. You don't need to pay, you know, if, if you're coming just for a day or two or, or whatnot, you don't need to enter the competition formally to put it within the group display.
1: Yeah. And anybody that enters a Sherman Lee or Grant. TJ's giving free selfies uh, with those. (laughs) so uh, You can come take a picture with TJ and your model. Um, I mean, that alone's worth the trip to Omaha. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, uh, speaking of group builds, let's not forget about our buddies uh, over at the Model Geeks. And uh, uh, by the way, by the time this drops, it will have already happened, but we're going to do a a live stream on the 18th with the geeks called Geek Fest. Don't forget about the A4 group build. We've all kind of talked about it on know if we need to kind of rehash that but we're all uh desperately trying to get our get our builds together i know jb uh shared a picture of that airfix skyhawking uh for a 170 second scale aircraft i didn't realize you could get that many clamps involved in one build <laughs>
0: Yeah, all my chips are stale now.
1: <laughs>
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> what? A, you know, it, it's funny. I posted that online, and shout out to Steve Baker. You know, you know, you don't have to say it's Airfix by that picture. So, but it'll be Jester's
1: Bird. Doug, what's on uh, tap this episode for uh, discussion points?
4: Well, Ivan had a great idea. He wants to know what is something that we all do that we think we do very, very well. Cause we usually talk about things we struggle with. And and his idea was let's talk about what we do well. And and while we're at it, maybe something that we would like to improve upon. So um TJ, would you like to lead us? Yeah, sure. I'll go
3: first. Um something that I do well. That's actually it's actually kinda hard. Actually I think one of the things that I've I've been doing really well And I've gotten lots of compliments on, which I think is cool, is uh, my weld beads. Because I put them on everything when I build uh, Machining Krieger. I've gotten really good at making them really, really tiny. They're still out of scale. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. Anyone that does weld beads on anything, they're out of scale. I'm around a lot of welding in real life. You can't see it in (laughs) the beads like that in real life. You definitely aren't seeing it shrunk down. Doesn't matter. Looks cool. It's all that matters. That's one thing I think I do really well that i actively try to get better at something. I feel like I could work on, uh, everything. I'm never satisfied with anything that I do, no matter how many people tell me that they like it. or think they think it's good. That may be, I always feel like I can do better. That's just the type of person I am. So I think there's a, 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 anything, uh, you know, I think I'm a pretty solid, like pretty good airbrush fundamentals. I'm nowhere near like JB who is like God tier as far as I'm concerned. But, um, yeah. I just want to do everything better. And literally anything that I can do, I want to do as best as I can. And to me, there's no really like skill cap. Uh, I just always want to keep pushing it. Whether or not I make it, don't know. Probably never will, but I'm not going to try.
2: How about you, Ivan? Uh, Something I do well, nothing. It's It's a hard one. It's hard to turn the mirror on yourself and find stuff that you do well. Um, (laughs) I've had a couple of days to think about this and I have no idea. I'll, I'll start with what I'd like to improve on. Um, bitch a lot about my models. And just building models in general is supposed to be something I enjoy and yet I find something to complain about. Even the most perfect kit. A bit like in our 48-hour uh, build. Built with Tamiya 148T34 and yet I still found something to complain about.
1: That was just, great. That was great. You started that out. Just, oh, this kit, it's so overrated. And by the end of the 48 hours, you're like, this was a great kit. What the hell was
2: I talking about? (laughs) That is exactly what I mean. It's just like, just enjoy the kit for what it is. Stop looking for, I I don't even know what I'm looking for. It's plastic in a box. Just appreciate what it is and work with what you've got. Don't know why. For some reason, I think in my head, everything is going to be perfect. And that's an attitude I kind of need to get out of because nothing ever is going to be perfect. Like Mark o. P. O. White says, perfection is a lot of little things done really well. And if I can try and work with that attitude, that will help. If you can do a lot of little things well, the end product will be really good. So that's where I'd like to improve. Things I do well, I'd like I'd like to think my painting is something I do well. Especially if it comes to modulation or highlighting, but that also comes in with oils. So making a model look interesting. I'll go with that, making a model look more dimensional and interesting. That's what I'm going with. That's what I think anyway. The 1914 ambulance, which is blue. That was quite a hard colour to make stand out, so I'm I'm going with that, making paint schemes pop.
1: I'd agree with that. That ambulance is a great great build but yeah your paintwork is really great and something else you're good at you don't give yourself enough credit for you you tend to kind of when you're thinking of a way to do your subject like the Mayberry you tend to just sort of pull it out of your head and you you have visualization of what you want to do when you're freelancing and you're really good at that that's actually something I really wish I was good at but you're really good at that visualization and execution thank you very
4: much all right,
1: Grant. Tell us about what you do really well.
6: Well, like everybody said so far, this is a this is a hard question. I'm I'm kind of like most of us. Uh, I'm a little hard on myself, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna start with what I want to improve on first. Like Ivan, I'd like to improve my overall basic modeling skill set. I I, I tend to rush a little bit sometimes, which can make me make mistakes because um, I want to make that perfect model, like a Mike Rinaldi or A night shift and I wanted, I wanted to be like that. And when I, I I start to rush and I think it's just a, an issue I have. So I, I want to work on slowing down and having better control of what I'm working on, um, and how I'm working on it, you know, and I think by you looking at those models and you're seeing just snippets of time and you have to remember that these guys are building these models over. A week or two weeks and stuff. It's not happening right there when they're just doing it. So, um, and that's what I have to work on. I think that's the the biggest thing. What do I think I do good? I I think I'm really pretty good at mixing color uh, on figures. I do a lot of Warhammer smaller scale stuff, so I think I'm pretty good at you know the color wheel and bringing colors together and making it look more realistic in depth. So I think that's probably my best thing I can do right now. But that's about it. I think that's about what I can do best. I'm going to
0: add to that though, you know, Grant, what stuck out to me when you visited for commies fest, and I'm sure everybody on the line who saw it can agree that your presentation, every one of your pieces was extremely professional in a sense, where, you know, you're pulling it out of your Pelican case, which I thought you had an RPG to start with. Um, but it was cool (laughs) to see your little, your little vignettes, but, uh, you know, you talk about your Warhammer figures, even the LVT that you brought. What stuck out to me was the professionally Professional approach you take to display in your model. And it's everything down to, you know, the little, the little feet on the base I thought was really cool and the little name plates and making the base integrated, making the groundwork integrated with the actual, you know, block or plinth itself. So I, I thought you do that extremely well in, in presenting your work in a very professional manner, in a complete manner too, for that matter.
6: Oh, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. I kind of learned that from a couple modelers out here. You see some. There's a guy named Michael. Uh, Mike Armstrong does some really great base work and stuff like that. And I've always, you know, followed him out here, and he's he does some really good work. So I appreciate all the
4: compliments. All right, JB, what do you got? Oh
6: man. Well, TJ alluded it,
0: alluded to it a little bit. I think you know, if you look at my work, I would say the thing that I I enjoy the most, which happens to be something I. I'm pseudo decent at is camouflage schemes. I just really love airbrushing camouflage schemes. That's probably why I build German vehicles so much. I mean, they look badass and then you put badass camouflage schemes on them. Don't get me wrong. I love a good Sherman or a T-34 every once in a while, but there's something about a tritonal scheme, especially over Dunkelgelb and being able to weather it. It just sings to me and I really appreciate it. You know, just getting into it and just learning about the camouflage scheme, trying to replicate it. And then I'd also say a huge influence of that and somebody that, dare I say, imitate, find inspiration, downright copy in a sense of how approach the schemes and the patterns is Adam Wilder. You know, he's really known for a lot of his, you know, a lot of his recent work. And I think some of his recent work really doesn't show off his he is one of the best camouflage painters out there. You look at some of his work from the early 2000s. Some of them stick out to me like his Mark IV. He did a Panther back in early 2001 that was captured by the Russians, and he had this such an intricate scheme, and I've always found it super inspirational. So I just enjoy that. You know, I go off pictures, go off some diagrams, and sometimes I just make it up because, you know, it's kind of what happened in the field. Now, I will say, I'm probably going to irritate some people with this. Especially the uh, engineers out there or the chemists or, you know, whoever thinks they're super technical about airbrushes. I moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a very humid place, and the altitude isn't that high. I'm in Denver now. I shoot the same airbrush, about the same paint ratio, and I didn't even turn the knob on the air pressure on my air compressor. So the notion of a lot of these environmental conditions, I don't doubt them. But the influence in which they give to painting, I think is overblown. You don't need to overthink it. And you just need to do it. And you can tweak things a little bit, but the basic settings, if you're comfortable with them, if you make them work, I think they can work anywhere in the world. I just think sometimes people, I don't know, don't, don't overthink it. You know, roll with it. Do the, it, honestly, and with airbrushing, it's all about feel. If you're feeling good, if the brush is working well, just go with it. And you can fix anything. So at the end of the day, I think that's one thing I would say I excel at. But there are a lot of things I don't. I'm looking around the room, the virtual room here, and I admire each one of you uh, in the skill set you bring to modeling that I would love to replicate one day. You know, Doug's imaginative, uh, you know, finishes like I loved, you know, I'm pretty sure you showed an A-wing, your, your sci-fi stuff. Awesome finish. Love the weathering. Ivan, the way you present material and you know, you know, vignette, one of them sticks out the most to me is the, uh, was it the T60 light tank or something with the crane? You did modulation cool. on that. Oh, love that. Grant, your little, it was the dude in like the orange robe. I thought, and the way you blended the colors on him, I was like, God, he's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sucks. a,
6: that's a gene stealer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I'm like, <laughs> he pulls it out on my dining room table. I'm like, I just had lunch. (laughs)
5: I'm sick
0: now. (laughs) And then we got TJ just blowing up the chat with all these busts, especially, you know, old man Boba, the, the lighting technique you did in there. You know, that's another thing I would love to improve and think I, I can definitely improve on is figure modeling. And you're certainly inspiration for that. And I've saved the best for last. Uh, you know, big Scotty G over here, you know, his, his slave one is, uh, you know downright badass and i hearken back to the conversation we had multiple occasions before the vegas nationals and i don't know i'm gonna bring anything and (laughs) uh, nothing's that good i don't know and uh, maybe i'll touch something up and then he takes it to the show and beats ass with it so scott you know you are uh you do a lot of stuff well too and your m10 is no exception to that so I don't know where we're going with this conversation, but I wanted to <laughs> highlight, you know, everything that I admire, that I think my co-hosts do well, that I would love to bring into my toolbox.
2: I mean, JB, like your paintwork—you you know, you're good. When Night Shift himself gives you a <laughs> shelf. I out. was going to say that you stole that. From me. <laughs> I had to get in there quick because I was like, someone's going to mention this. When it, when you get a specific name drop, you know you've you've made it. Your top your top shelf.
1: Yeah, and if TJ's the bus master and he is uh T- uh JB's definitely the tricolor master. I mean that that uh T thirty four eighty five with the tricolor was it was it Angola or who 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 was Yemen. it, JB? Yemen. Oh my gosh, dude. Just tight. Yeah.
6: It's basically a Wehrmacht vehicle in the Middle East. So, I mean, I was,
0: I'm down for
6: it. <laughs> yeah. I remember JB, I remember your broom bar from 2018. You took the nationals in Phoenix. That mm. cam, that camo was phenomenal and the base you had it on, it was just perfect. That. Yeah, you're 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 okay. I'm gonna give you that. Yeah, you're
1: okay. <laughs> J J V sold like a thousand sets of those circular masks <laughs> when he published that build. I mean, the oh, yeah. I think it was D N masks that made those. They're yep. like, man, why do we keep selling out of these? What's going on? So I will say, D N models was super
0: cool. I actually reached out to them because I got inspired by Renaldi's dot scheme. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, I love this dot pattern, but you make them in squares. Can you just do them in random patterns? It's so much easier to do it that way. And he created it. And again, he said they did really well. I'm like, awesome, because I love your stuff. So if you need any vinyl masks, definitely check out DN Models.
4: Awesome. Hey, Scott, tell us about your your strengths and weaknesses.
1: Yeah, I want to get back to this because I think, uh, this is a topic. It's a great, great topic. Um, and it's something that we want to hear from our listeners on as well. But I'm going to kind of build on what we've been talking about and say, like, one of the things sincerely that I'm really good at is surrounding myself with people that are, that are literally better than I am. And, and, uh, the way that you guys see color, I mean, TJ and Grant in the last, few weeks have done purple pieces and I'm not a purple guy but both of these pieces are incredible and you know JB your tricolor and Doug the way you do your your Star Wars models are just incredible and Ivan that that Ford ambulance will always be one of my top top models I mean just just amazing so you guys are are, are really terrific and you help inspire and push me so as far as what I'd what I'd like to get better at it's it's seeing a game plan like like being better at Project management and staying focused, and and seeing what in a project I want to do, and then executing at it. If I if I could pick any skill. That's what it would be because I tend to just derail myself all the time. Um, don't always stay on track as far as what I'm good at. I think I'm, I'm good at airbrush technique. I mean, I'm not, I'm not JB, but it's something that I feel pretty comfortable with. And what I'd, you know, again, again, if I'm sort of picking finalists for what I'd like to do better, you know, um, hand painting, I mean, I, I realized the other day that I, I, I hardly ever use a paintbrush for anything. I just, I just airbrush anything and, and it's a skill I'd like to develop be like tj someday
4: i i was thinking about it and and i i can handle an airbrush pretty well i'm pretty good at at layering paint that's how my star wars models i think turn out as good as they do first i it with the star wars thing especially i i mix my own colors i'm using mostly Tamiya, and just just making what i want it to be and i think they usually turn out really really well and and i layer those every 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 uh, starship has a gray, uh, you know, probably five or six gray coats on them to get the look that I want. So I, I think I'm pretty dang good at at making those pop the way they should. What I'd like to get better at is, is doing the same thing on other subjects, especially armor, because I, uh, and, and like more high-vis kind of aircraft. I think I can do the same, the same idea works well on a low-vis Navy aircraft As, as my Star Wars things. That's what I'm doing on that Skyhawk I'm building. But I, I'm just trying to learn how to, how to move that into other subjects. That's how I, how I'm approaching it. It's the same thing, uh, good and bad. I'm good at it, but I'm, I don't think I'm great at it in other, in certain subjects. So that's, that's how I, where I'm at.
1: Anyway, Doug, great topic, and hopefully um, all of our listeners have enjoyed it. And they'll they'll write in with what they're good at and what uh, what they want to get better at.
4: Uh, thanks for join, joining us for episode forty eight. Be sure to just listen again in two weeks. <laughs> Ivan, I believe, is going to lead us in a rousing discussion of the upcoming Nats. Uh, it's just a month away. Anyway, uh, I've got to do something here guys and I got to warn you my grandkids are upstairs and if I wake them up then grandpa's in charge. Y'all take care. Be safe and most of all, build models. Yeah.
2: Oh god, so, so cute.
4: <laughs> that was
3: good.
5: There's something I wanted to add to mine,
3: actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I think I'm pretty good at painting Olive Drab. I think I do that mm. all right. I think that's the best thing I'm, I can paint. So I should probably paint more stuff that's not that, because I think I figured that one out.
0: I suck yeah. at it. I, green mm. is a difficult color to paint.
3: I I I, don't, I think painting Dunkelgelb is hard as hell. I struggle. I am on the struggle bus every time. Every time.
0: OD for me, uh, hopefully you don't mind, Doug. We're going we're gonna to go into OD right now. Keep going. We're going, we're going deep in OD. So listeners buckle up. One of the things I struggle with with OD is really just the color saturation. From my perspective, it's really hard. Dunkle Gelb's easy. At least I, I throw some deck tan in or white. And then if it, if it's too desaturated, I hit it with a clear yellow. But I find, at least from, for me, OD is like this enigma when it comes to that right color saturation because it's yellow and black it's there's no white in it and people i find it's really easy to desaturate do or uh olive drab that is and and, it, and it's hard to get rid of uh for that matter
3: i would agree it's a it's a dumbass color
5: it, like,
3: <laughs> it really is it's very frustrating it sounds like it should be so sim- and i i think it's kind of simple but maybe that's because i've done it a lot i, I don't know but yeah it, it is tricky to get the saturation right and if you mess it up it just looks weird
6: right and i i'm with i'm with jb it's it's one of those colors that you know you see it in every theater and it, it's a different shade and even when the tanks are lined up together you could see a different shade you know in the pacific they were in the, sorry in the uh, pacific they were a lot lighter on top cuz just because of the beating sun was just nailing them so hard and then in, in you know, in Europe, they were, you know, not as dark, not as lightened up. And then in Eastern and in, in the East, the Russians had them and they lasted five minutes anyway. So you couldn't tell what color they were anyway. They were just like charcoal, you know, and, and it's another thing that's, you know, funny, but you also got to remember these tanks, you know, a month was a long time of service for a tank in World War II. You know, sometimes they didn't get very, you see a lot of really nice looking vehicles sitting on the side of the road that are brown because they caught on fire. So, you know, it's o d is like my enemy. I mean, I would rather paint some kind of bizarre Berlin camouflage with all the different color squares on it than paint o d that's definitely
3: you you brought a you did bring out something that I wanted to touch on when you said you know they could be in the in the field for only a month. A lot of people say that as a as a reason not to weather something, but have you ever seen anything that's in an active war zone for a month yeah uh um, because you can turn on the t v and see it now, and yeah. not, literally nothing is clean. It, it, like you know what I mean? Like I just want to, I just want to throw that out there to anyone that loves to argue that point. Like it only serves for like a month. It wouldn't, it wouldn't chip. I, Russia disagrees. So <laughs> uh,
6: yeah, tanks are like little kids. You let them out the door and they're dirty. I mean, right, yeah, uh,
3: and you, you know that you.
6: Yeah, been I, yeah, I've been around them. For almost 20 years on Bradleys and M113s and, and strikers, they would look beautiful when we had them in the motor pool. As soon as we left the motor pool, you'd think they'd been in the field for four months. You know, they would lay the water stains, dirt, everything. There's no fenders on these things. So the water goes all over them I and mean, the, the dirt from the road goes all over them. So and tracks, you know, I could send you pictures of vehicles that spent a, an hour in Hohensfeld, Germany in the training area and that you can't see the tracks. Because there's so much mud built up on them.
0: I'm going to say something else that's pretty spicy. Buckle up, everyone. We're sitting down. (laughs)
6: Spill the
2: tea.
0: (sighs) Olive drab chips. There, I said it.
3: (laughs) I've said it, too. Yep. There's photographic. Original, period, color, photographic proof of it chipping. And you know what you see under it? Red primer. You know what else you see? Rust on the steel. Yep. It happens. Sorry. Like. Anyone that works around metal will tell you it rusts when it's exposed to the air. It freaking rusts. Does it all the time.
6: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a 100% positive. The only thing that doesn't rust is an M113. That's the only thing that doesn't rust because it's, it's an aluminium for our Ivan there. And also, <laughs> so, and also a 114
3: Ivan. Don't forget. Yeah. That's yeah. The there's no rust on it.
6: <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, and that's, that's a great point. JB, it, you know, there's so many things out there that, you know, people say that these things, oh, they didn't chip. Yes, they did. Everything chips. I don't care what it is. I mean, even NATO colored schemes, they chip. And I remember going to the motor pool in, in Germany and buying Krylon paint and black, green and tan after the field problem to spray over where the, the car painted fell off of our vehicles. So our first sergeant wouldn't yell at us because our vehicles had silver on them. So, it, you know, it it chips.
0: Yeah. I have, I have pictures uh when I was in Kabul I have a Romanian armored car and it then they straight up went out and they bought neon green Krylon to spot touch up all of the chip paint areas and you could even see the car tan underneath it's a vehicle that I've wanted to build for a long time just because no one would believe it uh it's it's really crazy how beat these things get and You know, just keep an open mind. I think it just goes back to that, you know, anything's possible in a war zone. And as TJ mentioned, for the the Ukraine situation is a tragedy. But you know, the, the vehicle pictures there are pretty astounding. I know I certainly have a lot saved.